again, New York sports fans. I'm Danielle McCartan. Uh, Danielle at dinner time, perhaps, or I just went and got myself a little bit of hot chocolate, and it maybe might be Danielle at dusk, whatever it is. <laughs> I am the utility person around here, and I'll be talking all things New York sports with you right up till 10 p.m. on this Sunday evening here in New York City and beyond. Whatever you're doing at the moment, I appreciate you tuning into the show right now and throughout the next four hours, whether that be on your car radio. Is it 1019 FM? Or do you prefer the old school 660 AM streaming from WFN.com or on that free Odyssey app? Of course, we're here in the Big Apple, and it's a combination right now. Paul Rosenberg and Connor Green and I are coming to you live from the Carton and Roberts studio, Mike Francesca's studio here in Lower Manhattan. So go ahead. Lots of news happening. 877-337-6666 is the phone number to call. And, uh, yeah, I'm back just 17 hours after I closed the show last night, and I am back here today with a brand-new, completely different show for you, not only when you compare it to last night's four hours, but when you compare it to the five hours from Thursday. Completely different. You deserve the freshest content. And with that said, as I come on the air with you right now, we await the uh, news, of course, of the Rangers finally finalizing ideal for Patrick Kane. But it's the New Jersey Devils that made a big move. I just got a tweet from uh, at McKelson5, and he said, Timo Meyer is a devil with a fire emoji. And that is right. About an hour ago, the New Jersey Devils traded for Timo Meyer. And apparently the Hurricanes were in on it. The Vegas Golden Knights were in on it. They're also finalists for him. But ultimately, he ends up at the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey. So just a quick look in. Timo Meyer, 50 points, 52 points so far on the season. You're looking for like a, a, com- a comparison, a quick comparison in terms of points, uh, you know, for the season. Matt Barzell is 51. So Timo Meyer, 52. Matt Barzell, 51. And it seems as though Meyer kind of fits right into what the Devils' scheme seems to be this season. Get up the ice and play fast. And Meyer, I mean, this is, this is, this is I mean, I don't want to adjudicate whether it's a good deal or a bad deal just yet because we don't exactly know the, the return package. But Meyer's a good player. He's a high-end offensive creator. So it, it's going to be interesting to see with whom Lindy Ruff pairs him because he's also a really consistent scorer. I mean, he takes a lot of shots, and it, and and when you look at his body of work with the Sharks, the expected goal generation for him has been well, well above average in every season that he's played with them, except for one. So what, right? So uh, you know, it's it's hard to even kind of conjecture about really any of that yet, because the devil is in the details. So they say there is. Uh, no report of return package yet for the Sharks. Details are kind of leaking in here. But uh, one thing we all do know is that the Devils are apparently, reportedly, fine with Timo Meyer just being a rental for this season for now. We will continue to keep an eye on that for you. Um, but uh, And if you see something, feel free to tag me in it because uh, it's kind of hard to... A, watch the Rangers game going on right now on TV and studio and, and, and you know do the whole show. So if you see something... Say something. <laughs> Tweet me at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A and tag me in it so we can uh, keep everything uh, as up-to-date as possible. And uh, another hockey wrinkle. Not long ago, if you've been tuned into the Rangers game, 
Keandre Miller was ejected, awarded match penalty, which means ejected, and they reviewed it, probably didn't even need to. You know what he did? He spit. He spit on an L.A. Kings player. Like, hock the loogie, I watched it, it's clear as day, and it was right in front of the official. That's disgusting. And given the situation that the, the Rangers are in right now, it, it's it's quite selfish, actually. Because the Rangers are in, in the middle of doing these major roster gymnastics in the Patrick Kane sweepstakes. And, and now, last I checked, the Rangers are down to four defensemen in the game. You tell me that this potential trade isn't getting to these guys. How do you just spit on a defender? In front of the, the official right there. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. And it's reprehensible, actually. And, and they even reviewed it. They even reviewed it. Not that they even had to. It was, it was clear as day. It was disgusting. And uh, just now, just now coming in, Tommy Fury hands Jake Paul his first defeat of his boxing career with a split decision victory after eight rounds. Who cares, right? I know a lot of kids in my class do care, though. They, they care about Jake Paul and the Paul brothers. They do. So um, I don't. I don't really care for him. But just so you know, he uh, just lost for the first time. It was a decision. And, uh, wow, another thing. So we, as we go through here, um, the Brooklyn Nets lost a heartbreaker in Atlanta with none other than Trey Young doing the twisting of the dagger at the end there. A buzzer beater that you might read tomorrow might be called a travel. I don't know, his second foot. I don't know, it was really close. It was really close, but whatever. It doesn't matter. It won't change the impact, the, the outcome of the game. Uh, the Nets played a respectable game pretty much, and, and but they just came up short at the end. They couldn't get that one stop. I, I mean, I, was, I left my house at the start of the second period. I mean, second quarter. Sorry, I just had my eyes on the hockey game. Um, started the second quarter. And the Nets were down 18 points at one point. I was like, oh, here we go again. But, you know, they they, they picked it up at halftime. They really did. And they um, they ended up coming up just short, one possession short. They couldn't get the stop. I shouldn't say that. They couldn't get one stop at the end of the game. And I don't know. My question, I guess, kind of is, and, and it's always easy to do this at the end, but but why not double Trey Young? He's not a big guy. He's clearly their best shooter. Why not double him? Uh, but they didn't. They played him straight up, and, and uh, they elected to play him straight up, and he had his way, kind of, sort of. The dagger, it, it wasn't an impossible shot. It was like a mid-range jumper. Nets kind of barely challenged him. I know Spencer Dinwiddie came in from behind and tried to tip it from behind. I get it. But when you look at the game as a whole, to me, what stands out in the box score, besides the fact that the Brooklyn Nets were outshot by a lot behind the three-point line, what stands out to me is that Atlanta had 21 second-chance points. 21 second-chance points. That is not going to win you games if you're the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets had like seven, I think it was. And that, that's a bad ratio. That's a bad differential. So, um, you know, I know the Nets have one more game and, and whatever, but I just can't help but in my mind going to Wednesday to the marquee matchup at the Garden with the Knicks. And 
You look at the, the, the standings in the Eastern Conference. I mean, I, I, the Brooklyn Nets, to me, are going to slip and slip and slip. Their grasp on that five seed in the Eastern Conference continues to be, and I'll, call, I'll use the word, tenuous. And the Knicks might just be, could be, potentially riding a six-game winning streak into that game. I mean, who knows? What will happen against the Celtics tomorrow night? I mean, you never know. You know, you've seen, you've seen that the Knicks have 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 held their own at times this season. They're on an uptick. They're on a five-game winning streak, and they're on a collision course with the Brooklyn Nets Wednesday, of course. But I can get excited about that because I won't I won't talk to you until next Sunday. So I'm allowed to get excited about that. We don't talk again until next Sunday, until after it's all over. And the Rangers coming out with some fire at the Garden. Lead the Kings 3-0 in the second period. So all of this news is is happening right now as we speak on this Sunday. And uh, on on the commercial break here, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tweet out and and take your calls, of course, 877-337-6666. I'm going to send a a tweet out and and on, on social media at... Coach McCartan on Instagram, on, on Facebook. And what I will do is send you my perfect world, utopian, ideal scenario starting opening day lineup for the New York Mets. All for my thoughts on that. And we will continue along here on The Fan. <laughs> Welcome back to The Fan. My name is Danielle McCartan with you. For a long time tonight. It doesn't matter how long. Let's get going here. 877-337-6666. A lot of news going on in the hockey world right now. Uh, as we await a Patrick Kane deal to the New York Rangers. Inevitable, probably, in my opinion. Um, the New Jersey Devils traded for Timo Meyer, And it's it's very interesting always to see, you know, sports, trending in sports. The New Jersey Devils logo. Hashtag NJ Devils. Uh, it's, it's, I was just talking to Paul. It's kind of not worth at this point trying to speculate who would be part of the deal. Um, it's, I haven't seen any news yet. I was just scouring Twitter on the break there for you to keep you updated and all that. And, and nothing has come out yet. So, um, Meyer, great fit for the Devils, as I was saying, and we'll see what happens. And, uh, of course in the Rangers game, Keandre Miller ejected for spitting spitting on Drew Doughty. Hot loogie right in his face, ejected. Come on, that is selfish play, man. That is just really bad, considering they were down defensemen already today. Now they're, they're, now they're down to four after his ejection. And I also have on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N, await your feedback on my opening day Ideal utopian opening day lineup, starting lineup for the New York Mets. I'm back next Sunday. Sunday, I think, at 1 o'clock. So uh, we'll do the Yankees then. I just thought to do both in one night and one day would be a kind of information overload. So uh, go ahead and take a look at that. Offer your criticisms, your your feedback on that, and we'll get going. And, and also, too, uh, I have a cousin. Uh, I've talked about him before. He, he, um, he lives in Tampa. And at 1.53 p.m. today... Uh, I got a, a picture message from him. No, no text or anything. Just a picture message, and it's uh, 
the Rays, it's a, you know, behind home plate view of maybe one, two, maybe eight rows back from behind home plate. And they're in what I'm calling Fenway Park South. I guess it looks literally just like Fenway Park. Same color scheme and everything. And I've never been there. But, um, yeah, they were at the game today. And uh, it was the Rays at the Red Sox. And they went. And they had close seats in the shade. Nice. And my uh, his name is Danny. He um, He actually had a real chance at making uh, – I can never remember the second team, but I know the Pirates was one of them as a pitcher. He had a real chance. And what was the other team? I can never remember the other team. And I ask him every time. He's like, how do you keep forgetting this? But um, so I was interested in, in, in his opinion here. And I said, so what are you thinking about the pitch clock? And he said, Danielle, it moved the game along so nice. I really like it. I'm like, all right, me too. I think it's great. So there you go. An almost professional pitcher. My cousin has has weighed in. He loves the pitch clock, as do I. 877-337-6666. Calling in leadoff tonight. Batting leadoff tonight is Dominic in East, East Rochester, New York. Dominic, you're on the fan. Nice to talk to you again. Hey, thanks for making the call. What's up? You haven't been to Fenway? I have been to Fenway. And, and you want to know a little secret here, Dominic, between me and you? Yeah, it's my out of the twenty I've been to. It's my favorite. Shh, don't tell anybody. Well, don't tell anybody. I've been to most of them, and I think it's a dump. What? Yeah. Why? It did the history. So history. No, no. Let's not get into that. No, it's a it's a kitty park. It's a kitty park. Kitty park. Well, that's how they used to be. Built within the same one square block. Well, there. There was one that had 457-foot center field. There was no kitty park. So, anyway, Danny, listen, on our beloved baseball, something on the rules and a quickie on the Yankee pitching. Sure. But, uh, the rules, I'm 69 years a, 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 a Yankee fan, baseball fan. Baseball's my passion, Danny. Yeah. You probably know that from previous calls. Sure. And, you know, you would think, uh, you would think I'm against, uh, uh, you know, the changes. But let me tell you something. I'm not. You know, Danny, I don't think you've ever seen baseball the way it's supposed to be played. I don't know if I have either, yeah. No, other than watching Yankee, uh, uh, what do you call it there, on on yes, you know, the old old games, you watch Ron Guidry pitch. Get the ball pitch, get the ball pitch. You know, baseball fans are going to love this, love this, if they're a real baseball fan. I don't care if the game's five, five hours, Danny. I just don't want to see the pitcher holding the ball and the uh, and especially the guy, you know, not getting in the box. Sure, and that's the biggest yeah. thing too. And and you know what it is when you watch the games and when you listen to them on the radio. Just the past like two days, it is such a welcome change. The games are moving along at a faster pace. And 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 uh, what's his name? Gary Cohen put it the best. You know what he said? He was like, they they are eliminating the non baseball part of the baseball game, the fixing Absolutely. of the caps and all that drama. Absolutely. You want to hear a crazy one, Danny? If I was in charge, I'd get rid of batting gloves. That's another thing. Well, that drive you crazy is a little bit yeah, crazy. <laughs> yeah, but let me tell you, the rules you know, that they got coming in, fine. I don't like the guy on second base, maybe at least until the 11th or 12th inning. You know, play a yeah. couple of innings straight up. Yeah. And then and then I understand the situation. You know, right. the pitchers, you know, the, the, you got the, what do you call it, the 
position players pitching. I, that is, like you that. can't watch. That's yeah. unwatchable. Yeah. yeah, no good. So, But as far as these rules, I'll tell you, if they enforce them, I know they did yesterday in, again, Boston and yep. that. But, you know, they better enforce them or, or else uh, we're going to be back to square one. No. Danny, quickly, Yankee pitching. Yeah. Is uh, Did we get uh, addition by subtraction? With Chapman? With Montan- no, Montas. Oh. Oh, <laughs> Montas, yes, absolutely. Dominic, you you, are listen- you listen to my show. You know that I did not want Frankie Montas at all. Oh, no part of him. And then it, the Yankees it, go ahead and made a deal for him. And has he pitched? I don't even know. It's like Sonny Gray 2.0. And I didn't want well, Sonny Gray either. Danny, did, did he cost us Sears? The, in the Montas trade? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, J.P. Sears, I, yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. And, and let me tell you, uh, uh, you know, the Yankees getting rid of two left-handers last year. What are they, cuckoo? Yep. You got to be cuckoo. J.P. Sears and Ken Waldachuk in the deal, yep. No, Monty. Oh, 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 I think you meant in this, in this particular deal. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Monty, I know. Well, at least, I mean, at least we hopefully got a center fielder. Yeah, but, exactly. You know, Monty, Monty was my guy. I liked him, too. So I guess one last thing, Danny. I'm, I'm looking for something from Herman. I like Herman. Well, I don't like him as a person. We'll put it that way. But I like him as a player. I do. He's a good pitcher. You know, we'll see what we'll see what he's got. Thanks, Danny. Yeah. Look forward to calling you again. Yeah, thanks, Dominic. Appreciate it. Uh, lots there, right? Um, yeah, I didn't ever. I want never wanted any part of Frankie Montas or Sonny Gray. Um, and it's easy. It's the easy narrative around here to be like, yeah, great move. But it, it's it's something else to, to to do the research and all that and be like, this is this is not going to be a good fit. And I was not. I was in the not good fit on both of those. And I think you can use Frankie Montas and Sonny Gray right now in the same sentence. Yes. So pitch clock, all for it. I told you the story about my cousin just at the game today. I had a friend, I told you last night, Laura, she was at the uh, the Mets game in uh, in Clearwater yesterday, or yesterday morning, yesterday afternoon, whatever. And she's got three kids, and she said it was awesome. She was at the game with her three kids and her husband, and she said the pace of play was awesome. Good. Excellent. I, I you know what? I, there's nothing like I can't say anything bad about it. And yes, the umpires are enforced. I mean, are instructed to enforce. Even now, game one, and you saw the the um the Braves Red Sox game. Uh, we talked about it last night. Bases loaded, bottom of the ninth, full count, two outs. I mean, everything you've ever dreamed of in your backyard when you're playing. You know, wiffle ball, whatever it is with your friends, brother, sister, whatever. That's the situation. And now the batter has to be in the box, two feet in the box, alert and attentive is the phrase, to the pitcher with eight seconds remaining on the pitch clock. The pitcher was fine. Conley, the batter. Cal, I think his first name is. Cal Conley of the Braves. He wasn't ready. At eight seconds left, he still had the bat touching the plate. At seven seconds left, he had the bat touching the plate and his hand up in the air. At six seconds left, he had, he was standing vertically with his two hands on the on the bat, uh, you know, holding the bat. And um, at five seconds, he finally started to settle in, and the umpire stepped out, and he was like, all right, done. That's assessed a strike. Game over. That was strike three. Game over. Good. I am so happy that the umpire enforced that. Mika Jibanejad is down on the ice. 
after taking a puck to an up, uh, the upper body. I, I didn't see exactly where it hit him. He's down. I'm going to keep an eye on that for you, but uh, let's go to uh, let's go to Josh in the Bronx here next. Josh, you're up here on the fan. Danielle, before I get to my basketball point on that pitch clock, when I when I was watching that highlight on that Saturday game and the bases were loaded and the umpire, I just got it when the umpire called them out on yeah. strike three, and I I was in shock. Oh man, this pitch clock! Oh. I'm just like everybody else. I'm, I, I'm loving it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> but on the Nets and the Knicks, it looks like they're going to be a, there's going to be a flip flop before the trade deadline. The Nets they they were rolling up high and everything while they still had Kyrie and and KD. Mm-hmm. And and you know now you flip the script and. The Knicks go out and get this Josh Hart and reunite him with Jalen Brunson. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and now it looks like the Knicks are coming up and the Nets are going down. This is unbelievable. Daniel. I know. I know. I want to see what the Knicks do against Boston before they play Brooklyn. Man. I know. This is good. Thank you for taking my call. I just wanted to make that point. Yeah, Josh. Thanks. Uh-huh. I appreciate it. Thank that. you. Yeah, uh, the Knicks are com- complete a five-game winning streak. They're taking a five-game winning streak against the Celtics tomorrow night. Who knows what can happen? Who knows? You know, and, and, and it's any given Sunday, right? Any given Sunday. By the way, the Zibanejad, it was the camera angle. He actually took it off the ankle. It looked like right where there's no padding kind of sort. He took it right there. The camera angle looked like, and then it kind of deflected up. That's why I thought it hit him in the face. Um, but with that said, the Kings just scored. 3-1. 3-1 Rangers at the Garden. Right? They're at the Garden, right, Connor? Yeah, they are. Yeah, I thought so. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll keep an eye on that for you. And uh, any, if any details are emerging with this Timo Meyer deal, please feel free to tag me on Twitter. At pmurf 31 says, In many ways, this can be a big L for the Devils. Have to know full trade details. Yes, exactly. It could be. Who's part of the package? No one knows. But do you know that the Sharks are signaling a rebuild? So it's, it's probably... Um, Probably some draft picks, probably some high draft picks, and some young talent. So I don't, I don't want to put any names out there because we just don't know just yet. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Lou in Astoria, what's up there, Lou? Hey, how you doing, Daniela? Good. How are you? Well, Long time no talk. You didn't, you didn't answer me my question the other day. What happened? What was the question? All right, listen, I'm I'm with you about the uh, the clock for the pitches and the and the heater, but you know what? I, I mean. Baseball shouldn't have a clock because, you know what, the umpire should enforce the rules that the pitch has got to be right, ready to pitch, and the batter has to get in, inside the box, and let's get, a, let's get it on. But how do you do that, but, though, without a You know, again, it has to be enforced because, how you know, it has to be enforced. I agree with you because some some players take forever. Even even American's idol, Derek Gillies, used to take forever with that, yep. with the wristband, and you know what I'm saying? Wristband, and, and, and the, just uh, yanking the, the brim of the helmet up and down. Oh, yeah. You know, exactly. You know, I agree with you in that situation. But there's a couple of things that I, I text you, and, and you didn't answer me. I, I just, like, you texted tweet. me. Lou, we don't, you don't have my cell phone number. No, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I tweeted <laughs> you. you. Tweeted I'm me? sorry. I'm sorry. I must have missed it. What listen, were the questions? Listen, sweetie, listen. I, I don't listen. There's some things that I don't understand. What's that? The shift is not going away because you're going to bring the left field sooner or later. Is he's going to be playing short uh, short right field? Okay. Yes. And and, that and is like allowed. You do it, even in softball, 
when you can steal a base after the pitches go and, and you know throws the ball, people are going to be moving all over the place. Oh yeah, got to stop that. Okay. No, I think it's great. Guys. I think it's great. No, no, no. Listen, it's great. But guys like you know, guys have to learn how to make contact. Okay. Guys like McNeil, Jeff McNeil. Yeah. You know those guys that hit home runs. McNeil should be appreciated. It should be making a lot of money because the guy does everything, okay? But but he doesn't hit home runs, but he doesn't get appreciated. Now he was the batting champion. The... He gets appreciated. I love Jeff McNeil. I love the way he yeah, plays the look, game. Yeah, but look 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 at the pay that he look at the pay that he's getting. I'd rather have Jeff Jeff McNeil with my Yankees than a lot of these home runs hitters. Me that too. We got, okay? I would too. Yes. You know what I'm saying? But he doesn't get appreciated until the the owners and everybody else realize. So those guys are important in baseball. Yep. Their baseball is not going to it's not going to really go anywhere. Okay. And the sooner the because, Yankees you know, realize that, strike out the and home runs, uh, Daniela. Yep. Strike out and home runs is the name of the game, and that's why McNeil. Way I don't know if you remember last year, the year before, he started hitting home runs and his average went down. Yes, okay? I remember that. Yep. Okay. Now this is what I this is what I I, I tweeted you and, and you didn't answer me. Okay. This uh, phantom or, or ghost, whatever you call him. At second base, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me ask you something. If I if I'm the pitcher and I go to first base twice, mm-hmm. okay, okay, and now the runner has the has the, the, the green light to go to second, okay. Wait, wait. The runner if has the green the light pitcher, to go to to go to go yeah. to third, right? And if I was the pitcher, why can't I step out of the rubber and go to second? That's an automatic out. Wait a second, Lou. You confuse me a little bit. You want the the situation is runner on second base. You've already thrown over to no, 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 no. He's on first. He's on first. Oh, the runner's on first he already, base. He already threw his mandatory to okay. Yes, uh, he went to to the to, to the first base twice. Yes. Now that the runner is going to be automatic on his own, right? And you know he's going to be going. But I'm the pitcher, okay? And and you know this happens in, in every phase of the game. It just has to be now because of the rule. And the pitcher step out of the uh, out of the rubber. It's a ball. And go to second and wait for the for, for the runner to. To oh, be an automatic out. Yeah. Uh, you know no, the run, the, but the runner's not forced to go. The runner doesn't have to go. No, no, I know, but I'm saying if he's going, if he's, he's going to be doing that, uh, uh, Daniel. If he's he going, Lou, Lou, Yeah, go ahead. After the second step off, the pitcher yeah. either, if he steps off again, it's a balk. If he, if he steps, no, no, if it, you step over, and, and no, no, if you step in the third time, the if he's third not time, out, the, the runner, he's the, automatic, he's automatic, giving second base, right? Lou, Lou, the third time yeah, that the pitcher steps off, if it's a no throw, it's a balk. If it's a throw, he has to throw it either the first or the second base. But it you're does. Not listening, but the rule says you got to go to if you go to first, he's the, not going to first. Everything that I read doesn't say that the, that pitcher has to throw to first base. No, 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 no. But uh, Daniel, who's stopping you from going to second? Nobody. The pitcher. Exactly. So what? Is, what? what what is the rule here? Now, the other rule that I don't like. Okay, Wait a second. Right. Lou, come on. Yeah, go ahead. Go we're, ahead. Confu- we're confusing everybody here, Lou. Now you're confusing me. On the third step off. Okay. So you've already thrown over to first base twice. Okay. Now the base runners eyeing you up, trying to make a move. According to everything that I have read, and I, I think I've, I've read every word on this. I think. But I could be wrong. On the third step off, if there's no throw, it's an automatic balk. So you don't want to do that. So you're going to throw the ball, whether that be to first base or that be to second base. It do- it doesn't matter. And the runner is not forced. So if you throw it to second base, good. Good for you. Throw to first base. Good for you. Maybe you pick the guy off. I don't know. Catch him leaning. I don't know. 
But what I will tell you is that you're going to see a lot more pitch outs. Instead of a pickoff throw, you're going to get a lot more pitch outs. And the Mets last year, just because I was listening to the broadcast, that's how I know this, they had one pitch out of all of last year. You're going to see many more this year, many more design plays with the first baseman sneaking in behind the base runner. Or, or you know, uh, one of those plays. Here, here's a play that I would design. I know Connor's giving me the break sign. So you know what? Let's go to break. I'll leave you hanging there. Uh, a play design that I would do to try to pick off that runner. My name Daniel McCartan, my name is, and I'm coming back with that. Let me let me potentially draw down on a piece of paper. I gotta find some paper maybe, and I'll tweet it out for you. And you can take a look at it at Coach M C C A R T A N. Welcome back to the fan. My name is Danielle McCartan. Uh Lou's question is a good one. Okay, so um Connor found some paper laying around around here. Uh took a pencil out and I posted um a very rudimentary photo of you know, photo, a drawing, sketch. Of an infield, and after the second pickoff attempt, I had an idea. I don't know if it's going to work, but um, after a second uh, pickoff attempt, second step off, second gathering, whatever it is, right, the runner would kind of sort of be off to the races, you would think. So either you're going to pitch out, and that's how you're going to get around it, or design a play where the first baseman's going to slip in behind the runner at first base and try to get him that way. Okay, but another idea would be a pitcher spin and throw to, let's say, a second baseman who would be charging and maybe in whatever wherever a traditional second baseman would play, right about there. The, he'd be charging in, the pitcher hits the second baseman in stride, and he then applies the tag to the to potential stealing runner. I also thought a catcher might be able to do that, but that's it, with the shorter base pass, it's never going to happen. So, um, And again, I have the right fielder coming in as well to back up in case of a rundown, or that could also be the catcher. Um, now, there's a. I'm looking at rule rule book. I look pulled up rule eight point zero five d. It states that a pitcher cannot throw or feign a throw to an unoccupied base. First of all, this wouldn't be a base, except for the purpose of making a play or trying to make a play. Well, this falls under that category, so I think this this might be legal. Um, somebody at Mike Sabato 718 on Twitter said, well, that might work once. Okay, well, if it works once, then maybe the, the runners will be less apt to try to swipe second base on you if it happened, you know. Um, and I've got uh, Bill saying, ball has to be thrown to a base by rule. I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be funny. What is the rule? And I'm going to copy and paste this 8.05D. I don't know. That's kind of like a gray area. I wish we can have some clarification on that. Does anybody know an MLB umpire? I don't know. We'll see. Ah, this guy's making fun of me. Wonderfully captured on this piece of parchment. Maybe one day you'll chop your ear off in 75 years, and this will be worth $100 million. Vincent Van Gogh. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Just a thought. Just an idea. You tell me if it works or doesn't work. Uh, let's go to Richard in Manhattan. You're up next here on The Fan. Hi, Danielle. Hey, what's up? I think the NFL is going down a slippery slope, emphasizing the importance of the quarterback. I mean, we know the quarterback is the most important position in all the sports. Yep. But now the quarterback is commanding 25% maybe 20 
20 to 25% of the salary structure of the team. Mm -hmm. I think it's crazy. And I think that's because of the predominance of the passing game, the relaxed rules, the the fact that you can't touch the quarterback. Uh, The defensive backs are not allowed to get too close to the wide receivers. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's just an over-preponderance of, you know, the emphasis of scoring. And, I mean, when we talk about on Sports Talk, a guy going into a black hole for three weeks. Three weeks. I'm not blaming anyone. The it's reason like is valid because he is that important. Or a quarterback that has one year that can get now command 25% of the team's salaries. One good year. And this quarterback is able to get 25% of his team's salary. All right, so That's because the quarterback is that important. I don't Richard. agree with the way they're going down. I Richard. think this is going to, and it's only going to get worse. Richard, so here's the deal. I'm looking at the tw- the cap allocation for every team um, this year. You can't count Las Vegas, right, or Washington, any of these th- teams yet. But the most percentage in this egregious contract of what's his name, Deshaun Watson, he he even with that contract twenty two point two four percent of the con- of the cap so look at a team our teams let's look at our teams we're at the jets four point six five percent the giants as of right now three point five so the highest twenty two percent is the browns twenty one cowboys twenty two chiefs and then it's kind of like a little bit of a drop off after that so but it's going to get worse daniel that's it could, my p- right it could it will because the quarterback is going to become more and more important. And I don't think that's a good thing. I think, you know, it, 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 we have to get back to a little more egalitarian kind of football where the running back or the defensive end or the strong safety. Or the tight end. Yeah, I mean, this is ridiculous the way that the rules are relaxed. And the over-reliance, I mean, I think that it's only going, the problem is it's not going to get any better. It's going to get worse. That's why there's a threat about some, like, I don't want to mention names because I don't want to get subjective about it. But if you don't sign this quarterback now and you put him on the, what's it called, the, uh, that where you give him a percentage, but it only goes up, the, uh, Franchise tag. Oh, the franchise tag, yeah. Right, but then it'll only go up the following year. So it's only a temporary fix. It is. That's all it is. But that doesn't mean we're not... Just like baseball. Baseball realized they had a problem with the games being longer and longer. Mm -hmm. And non-baseball players were taking over half the game. Mm -hmm. So they went out and fixed it. So now there's a big outcry, well, this and that and this. But we had to do something that was ridiculous. Well, I'm not saying football is at that point now with the quarterback. But it's... I mean, when we talk on Sports Talk Radio for three weeks about a guy going to a black hole... I mean, this is ridiculous, but because the quarterback is that important and it's almost life and death that we sign this guy, or the perception is that we got to sign this guy, that's all we're going to talk about. And I think, I mean, years ago, you didn't have that. You didn't have this over-reliance that you had to have the best quarterback. And, I mean, obviously, in the Super Bowl this year, you had two great quarterbacks. They would not have gotten to where they were without great quarterback play. And the guy who won the Super Bowl... Was the best quarter is the best quarterback in football. Yes, and one of the highest paid. I mean, garnering twenty two points. Right, and it's only going to continue. Well, if you're good, and and Richard, point well taken, definitely. But you started out by saying that all of the rules have been slanted in that direction. All of the rules and the rule changes have favored the passing game. 
They want to generate more scoring. And what's the best way to do that? To throw the ball in the air. Not saying it's right, but but that's just the way it is. And I don't I don't know. I can't think of off the top of my head a, a way to prevent it. So either you have the quarterback or you don't, and that's why everybody was so fixated on this man, Aaron Rodgers, and and his next decision because he is one of those top tier quarterbacks. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. I'm Danielle McCartan. Quick break. Quick update. I'll be back with you in just a few minutes here on the fan. Welcome back to the fan. My name is Danielle McCartan. In this 7 o'clock hour, we are rolling right along right up until 10 p.m. So we've got plenty of time to play with here. Uh, if you go, the, kind of the, the answer I'm looking for is would this little play design that I just drew up here with, uh, you know, the pencil and the piece of paper, the scrap piece of paper Connor gave me, would this work? Uh, the question is, on the second pickoff attempt, then what happens? What can, what can the, you know, the team... On defense, oh, Rangers just scored 4-2. Who was it? Connor, did you see? I just saw it out of the corner of my eye. Oh, there looks like they're hugging Panarin. Looks like it might have been Panarin. Camera's following him. I would venture to guess it is him. 4-2 Rangers at the Garden. Yeah, it's Panarin. Okay, so after the second pickoff attempt, me, I, I have designed this little rudimentary thing of where the pitcher would would throw to the second baseman who is positioned basically essentially would where a regular second baseman would be positioned and then that would make the, render the second baseman the decision maker probably to to just tag the runner out at that point right fielder or the catcher's coming in in case of a rundown um but the throw goes from pitcher to second baseman playing in a traditional second base spot in the dirt so you know, people are are responding on Twitter in a very nice way, saying, "But if the runner doesn't go, it's still a balk." But Rule Eight Point Zero Five D states that a pitcher cannot throw or feign a throw to an unoccupied base. Well, this wouldn't be a base, except for the purpose of making a play or trying to make a play. So, if the runner looks like he's breaking, that to me is defined as making a play or trying to make a play. Um. Let's see. I got a good tweet, and it just it disappeared. I, I, I'll find it for you. But 877-337-6666. Um, this is just a way to circumvent this. Um, JR says, if the pitcher disengages from the rubber a third time, it breaks the rule. Hmm. All right. Let's see. Let's see what some of the callers say, because that's, that's just a sentence. And it's uh, it's it's hard to see here. It's hard to 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 figure that out. And that, um, all right. Someone said, just watch this. Okay, let's see this. You know what? Let me watch that on a break because I can't do it and talk at the same time. So eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Evan in Morristown wants to weigh in. Go ahead, Evan. Hey, um, just going off of what you just said and what that sentence was that that person just said. Yeah. If if the runner went, all right, I'm gonna. Paint a picture for you. Sure. When when does this start for your pitcher? When when does your pitcher start to turn to break to throw the ball to second base, the second baseman, which is not at a base? Hmm. When, when guess, does that happen? Does that happen before the runner starts to run? I guess it would have to happen after the runner breaks. Then so that's then that not considered disengagement, he, right? Correct, because he would just step off, right. and then the second baseman could run down. That's not how they would do it, but you could do that play that way. But the whole that's why I call it the whole yeah. point of it is. If the runner doesn't start running first, it's a pickoff. Right. 
So that third, that he can't, he can't spin. He would have to step off, disengage the rubber. Then he can throw anywhere he wants. Right. But if he's trying to pick a runner off, so he has to throw to the base. If the runner doesn't start running, and then everyone yells, step off, step off, yes. then he's, he's making a pickoff. As long as so, the runner makes the first move, the pitcher can, that, the rules are all off. Bets are off. Correct. Right. So this is more in a first and third situation, let's say. Potentially, runner, yeah. And this doesn't happen in Major League Baseball. So this, these are why these, these, these rules that they're putting in, like you were just talking about with the old man about football, these are all rules to help the offense. This right. is not fair. Of course. Okay? Yes. Not, this this is to score more runs, to get more, more traffic on the base C- paths correct. and all that. So it's ruining the game. So as That's long the only as... Fault. Hmm. But then, if you're ruining. the runner, right? If, if I'm the runner, right? I, mm-hmm. I'm waiting for the pitch clock to go to go down. All the way down. I'm running with one second left. So the pitcher has to make a pitch delivered to home. The only, the only evening out that there is in this is, as a coach, you would, you would want to wait until you knew that they couldn't pick off in order to send your guy. So there's not going to be a lot of pickoffs right. early right. unless unless that player is a known base stealer. Right. If he's not a known base stealer, then we're just not going to pick off. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, And then if he's a known base stealer, you're definitely not going to throw the second one. And You know what I mean? Yeah, because like, it gives the runner the yourself. advantage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's shenanigans. The uh, bigger bases, putting a runner on, like you, you're everything you're supposed to get in baseball, you're supposed to earn it, or the other team is supposed to make a mistake. Uh-huh. Now you're just you're just giving people opportunities that they didn't earn or deserve to win games. I see, it. like the batter in that in that uh, that that extra inning game or the 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 early spring training games ended on. The, the the umpire calling a strike on the time. He wasn't ready. Just, the umpire gave him a, a yeah. three second buffer, and he wasn't. He still wasn't ready. I'm okay with that. But that, that, but that rule, it's just not. Well, the, doesn't the game in slow the, in the down? Last, in the last, in, with the bases loaded in the last inning. Oh well, you know what I mean. You like, better get I, in there I, and be ready then. I, I hear you. If, if we're if we're changing rules and circumventing stuff now, it's been a hundred years of being able to like calm yourself, take yeah. a deep breath, think about what pitch you might get. You know, it's good as a defense for the pitcher not to just have to get on the mound and start right away. We, we might want to change what we're doing, change what we're thinking. So it's like now we now the, now the coach has to come out of the dugout and call time just to set up a play, which lets the other team know oh, they might be doing something. So right. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Right. Ridiculous. I get it, Evan. But you know what? I, I, it's a welcome change. I mean, the games are now two hours and 30 minutes long. I mean, that's great. I, I, baseball isn't set on a time clock. Yeah, like, I, I, but it I, should be because these games keep getting con- progressively longer. You said as long as baseball has been around, right? How many years? And the Rangers just scored again, by the way. Hundreds of years, right? Zabana Jen, it looks like. Um, the Last year, the game was three hours and ten minutes, the longest ever average time on record. That's a problem. I'm sorry. Uh, it might be a problem, but at the end of the day, uh, if you go into a baseball game at 6 o'clock, you know you're not getting home until 10 o'clock, 10.30, so what's the difference? Yeah, tell it to the kids at school. Tell it to me, the teacher who has to be at school with those kids. I mean, really. Yeah, I guess, I, I guess you're right. Yeah, so Evan, thanks for that, and, and, and thank you for the explanation there. No so uh Yeah, so basically, his question was, who, who moves first on, on your play design, the pitcher or the base runner? Who moves first? The base runner then that's what I answered because that's what I was imagining. I didn't articulate that. And so if the base runner is the first to move, then all bets are off. The Rangers lead the Kings 5-2 at the Garden. It was Zibanejad with that goal. Let's go to Michael in Lake Mary, Florida. What's up, Michael? What's up, Danielle? How you doing? Great. How are you? Awesome. Awesome. 
Uh, quick Yankee point and a Ranger point. Uh, I was watching the uh, uh, MLB Network today, um, the, the split squad game, uh, the one where the Yankees playing the, the, the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And interesting stat came up that piggybacks off yesterday. I forgot who the caller was or a couple of callers that was mentioning about um, well, what if that uh, what if that automatic strike gets called in a playoff game and and affects that? And you mm-hmm. came up with the, with, the, with the counter saying, if you can't adjust by then, then you deserve to have the strike called against yes. you. Well, <laughs> what they said was on the game was that last year with the minor leagues, when they did the sample size of the rule, they said that I over saw a seven. Yeah, I saw, saw that part. Yeah, go ahead, explain it. Yeah, I was going to say, over a seven-week period, the, the violations went from four per game to two per game. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a seven-week sample size in the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. So my point is, is, this is what spring training is for. You get used to the changes, and right. you make the adjustments. And like you said, if you can't make that adjustment by bits, let alone the first couple of months of the season, <laughs> forget about October, yeah. then I'm sorry. It, You're, in the rule of the rule. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. Just to the rules, my goodness! I was just saying that, but uh, and also really quick, also in that game, I got to, I finally got a chance to watch Volpe play, and I was, <laughs> this kid is really good. I mean, his third at bat, he gets up, he gets a hit, he steals two bases, he scores on a ground out. I yep. mean, this is exciting baseball. I love it. Michael, he told me that he practices base running. This is two years ago. Thirty minutes a day. Mm-hmm. Thirty minutes a day. Yep. You could see it. You could definitely see it. And he's got the advantage with the extra bag being three inches, two for him. But yep. he's really, really good, really, really good player. Love, love him already. Now with the Rangers, because as you know, multitasking, watching the Rangers, listening uh-huh. to you. Mm-hmm. I, I saw the Miller play. And, you know, as bad as it is with everything that happened with it, think of the circumstances coming into the game. You're dressing one less defenseman because you're not playing the one defenseman because you're trying to hold them out because for the cap reasons, right. they came this way. Now you're down to four defensemen. They yep. still haven't. They have, Schneider hasn't played a shift. Yep. They're playing this game with four defensemen. And here's the other piece too. That's a match penalty. That's not just this game. Yep. That gets reviewed. Yep. He could get suspended. Fine. Now what do you do? What, yep. What What if Zach Jones is part of that trade now to get Kane? Now what do you do? See, this is what I mean. This, this, that's why it's such a selfish. I don't care what happened. You yep. have to discipline yourself. Yep. Can't selfish, boneheaded, re- really reprehensible, really. Oh, it's just, it's just, besides anything else, it's How do you not, not have that control? I, you know what I mean? Like self-control, knowing well, the situation. I'll think, well, I'll even say this too. I don't care what else happened, what's going on, but you got to think too, if something else may have gone on, nobody's gone after Dowdy in this game. So you wonder, you know, like what's, what's happening here, yeah, right? right? So. Uh, it, t- it says a lot there. But, Danielle, I know you got a lot of callers. It's always great talking to you. Yeah, Michael, you, you too, likewise. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right, bye. bye. Yeah, the Rangers are are in trouble. <laughs> That's for sure. I mean, Keandre Miller spitting. Spitting. Like, not just like a little... T- I mean, he reared his head back, hocked a loogie right in the guy's face, right in front of the official. It was like, it didn't even need to be reviewed, although it was. I mean, this has potential to really harm the Rangers um, for the rest of the week. But, I mean, for now, so far, so good, right? They're beating the Kings. So far, so good. Maybe that Kane deal gets done faster than anybody uh, anybody expected. We'll see. Maybe we'll break some news tonight. Who knows? Uh, let's go to Tommy in New Hyde Park. You're up next here on The Fan. How are you doing, Coach? Great. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, I want to talk about the time clock. I think it should like, change for like 12 seconds for the batter 
and the pitcher to make it even. And one more other point. Mm-hmm. I don't think it should be used in the playoffs or the World Series. What do you think? I think if the, if it's a rule that has been instituted as of yesterday, the 25th or even the 24th of February, I don't think you should be changing it when it becomes playoff time, World Series time. If it's the rule, it's the rule the entire year. And then if it doesn't work, you revisit it next year. But it has to be the same. It can't be different. Yeah, but what if it's like, like a lot of people talk about today, like, Strike three, bases loaded, two out, and you don't get in the box. I mean, that's, come but, on, you can't end like that. Yeah, but it's February 26th. If you can't figure out how to get into a box by October or November, I mean, that's that's a problem. That's a bigger problem. I get it, but it's like a huge thing. It would be such a con, you know, like a forget it. It'd be all over the papers. and. Oh, I would love to be on the radio that night. I'm just saying, yeah, <laughs> but, but I mean, listen, if, if you as a batter can't adjust to it in, in how many months time, I mean, then what are you doing? You, now, that means you're trying to make it into a spectacle at that point. Uh, what do you think when I asked you about the 12 seconds for both pitchers and batters, batter getting the box and the pitch thrown? Shouldn't it be even 12 seconds? I don't think so because I think that buffer time built into the pitcher and catcher relationship is to select the pitch, Right. That's right. that time is to, to decide on which pitch they're going to throw. Both, by the way, can wear pitch com this year, so that would be interesting. So um, I don't think it should be even. I don't. I, I like. I know where you're coming from. I get it. Right. So it's nice. It's one number, right? It's not t- yeah. twenty seconds there, eight there. But it, I think that's time just built in so they can they can select which pitch they're going to throw. That's okay. All. Can I switch quickly to the Jets? Sure. Uh, now Aaron Rodgers. Like, wouldn't you think he would come out of his darkness and give a hint if he wants to come to the Jets? Otherwise, if Derek Carr wants to come here, sign him. Um, hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think he should give some sort of indication because he can't hold up the – he's literally holding the entire league hostage right now. There, exactly. There is going to be no movement until he makes a decision or a statement either way. Well, that's not fair to, yeah. you know – us guys, you know, I, you know, I don't know, I don't get it. It's not fair to the quarterbacks in the mix either, really. I mean, think about them; they don't know where they're going to be setting up their families and stuff, and starting school next year and all that. Exactly, but you can also they can sign somewhere, and that's the end of it. Yeah, the one thing you don't want for the Jets is that if they if they they don't get Aaron Rodgers, they end up with with nobody. They get stuck with like Baker Mayfield. You know what I mean? Thank you. Yes, that, that's what I'm afraid that's of. That's a problem. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's a legitimate fear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't really think it's going to happen with that. I don't know. I think by the time I'm on next Sunday, Sunday 1 p.m., I think we're going to know where Aaron Rodgers heads at, and then the Jets can plan accordingly from there. Because they they say this can stall to June. I I hope not. But I guess it could be, right? Because he's not a free agent, Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be a trade. Yeah. What do you think the Jets would give up for him? I looked at what the... The Broncos gave up for Russell Wilson, who is a younger player, all that. Um, I, I would think the Jets, I think a fair deal would be like a first-round pick for maybe next year. And thanks, Tommy, for the call. I think the Jets would want to give up or should give up a first-round draft pick for next year, which I think would be advantageous to the Packers, too, because they want to see if, if Love is their quarterback, right? So why would they want a first-round draft pick this year? They would want it for next year to potentially draft that quarterback. So... Uh, first round draft pick for next year, maybe the a, a third, a fourth. I don't know if that gets it done. 
I don't know who would say no there. Probably the Packers, but I mean, they love him out there. So I, I, if it's two firsts, I, I would say no on that. That's that's too much. That's two firsts for a guy who's going to play for you for a year, maybe two. I don't think so. Too much. Okay, we will continue along with this very lively show. I love when the topics are so mishmashy. So on the board, we've got, would we start Zach Wilson next year? MLB rules, MLB rules, MLB rules. So we will continue with all of those. And your, we got one line open. Has your name on it? 877-337-6666. Add your flavor into this conversation. And we still have to talk about my ideal Mets lineup for opening day. I'm Daniel McCartan with Deanna Fan till 10. Welcome back to the fan. My name is Daniel McCartan hanging with you till 10 p.m. I got a tweet. And it says, uh, hello, coach. At Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. I think it's a sad state of affairs in baseball when they have to change the rules because this generation of ball players can't hit for average, bunt, steal, move runners over. All they do is hit home runs and strike out. 75% of them would have never been in Major League Baseball 20 years ago. Hmm. Well, listen. I talked to Derek Jeter, was it two years ago at this point? Two Octobers ago. And that was my stance too. Why can't these guys, they have the entire left side of the infield open. Why can't they just drop down a bunt? I mean, it can't be that hard, right? Well, I talked to Derek Cheater two years ago in October, two Octobers ago. Or what? maybe it was three at this point. I don't even know. And when Derek Cheater tells you they should ban the shift, way back then, you pay attention. When a Hall of Famer, I don't care if you're, if you're like, oh, Derek Cheater. When a Hall of Famer tells you, that they should ban the shift. You pay attention. So then I was like, oh, really? Okay. Maybe it's not as easy as we all think it might be. All right. Then I dug a little dug a little deeper, found an article with Freddie Freeman. Basically, and I'm paraphrasing the whole article here, but in, in 10 seconds. And he said, if it were that easy, don't you think I'd be doing it? Okay, that's my paraphrase of the entire article. You probably find it on Google, but... You know, 20 years ago, pitchers weren't throwing 100 miles an hour. 20 years ago, they weren't throwing ghost fork balls. Fork ghost balls. Whatever. They they weren't, you know what I mean? The the evolution of the major league pitcher over time, over the past 10 years even, with, you know, all these driveline sports and pitching academy this and look at the shape of the pitches, the vertical tilt, the spin rate. The, the shape vertically, the shape horizontally of the pitches. I mean, I talked to Matt Blake. I lo- This is nerdy stuff, and I love it. But that didn't exist even 20 years ago. So, when you know, that was my mentality, too. Derek Jeter kind of told me to start to change my, my outlook. I did a little research, and you know what? It's time. I turned on the Yankee game today, just in the, had it on in the background. As soon as I turned it on, a hit bounced up the middle. It's a beautiful sight. 877-337-6666. Uh, let's take Mike in Pennsylvania. He's been hanging. You want to talk about Zach Wilson, Mike? Go ahead. Hi, Danielle. Thank you for taking my, my phone call. Um, just hear me out before before you think I'm, I'm okay. nuts. Um, in, in, my, in my opinion, um, I think a few things went wrong uh, totally with the season. Mm-hmm. But if, if, if Hall didn't go down and get hurt, mm-hmm. if the O-line didn't collapse, mm-hmm. and if Zach would have won just one game, uh, versus the Patriots, I can't even see them looking to get another quarterback. Um, I think that they would continue to to push him out there and let him learn. Um, uh, I have two other things I just want to want to say is that you know he did beat um, well him and the Jets. It's not just him did beat did beat Buffalo. They 
they did go into Pittsburgh, and they did beat Pittsburgh, and they were going to win that Detroit game as well if Sala would have called a timeout. I don't like the way Sala is handling the team. Yeah. He's more he's more of a, a player's coach, mm-hmm. and I think all the antics with the, the Mike White shirt, that was Mike. really, really horrible, and I think yeah. that really crushed his confidence. That's what I was going to say. At this point... I don't know if I would go back to Zach Wilson because of the level of confidence. I mean, you have your, your all of your teammates who they're, they're supposed to be riding and dying with you. And, and Robert Salad did not squash the Mike White t-shirts coming off the plane and all that stuff. And that is that I think that is more detrimental than any mechanical thing that that, you know, LaFleur I, agree, I agree with you 100 percent. Yeah. And as far as getting Rodgers. I don't believe we're just one player away from See, I do. winning the Super Bowl. I do. I think it. I mean, they still have to beat the Chiefs. They still have to beat the Bengals, and um, I, I would go with Carr. I know your opinion on Carr. Mm-hmm. I know you're not a big fan of his. But uh, one other thing: if Rogers does come here, I know Joe Namath told him that he could wear that number twelve. Mm-hmm. He better never come out on that field with that number twelve. I. I I oh I I would go why why would he wear that number twelve? No one should wear number twelve other than Joe. Yeah, I I get it, right? And that would be the gesture of Aaron Rodgers to say like, hey, like I'm not you allowed me to wear it, but I'm not going to. I mean, then he would ingratiate himself to Jets fans right away. Right, right. I hope so. I hope so. I right, will have to wait and see what happens there, Mike. But uh, I mean, it's a fair point you make about Zach Wilson. But because of all that, because of 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 the confidence level. I mean, that's going to take a while to rebuild. I mean, and Zach Wilson did everything right in the offseason, by the way. He flew across the country, zigzagged the country to, to throw to these receivers and, and, you know, and practice with them and all that on his own time, on his own dime, probably. I don't know. But the confidence. I mean, you could fix your footwork with enough practice, enough repetition, enough good coaching. You could fix your footwork. You could fix your release point or any of that. But when you kind of walk into that locker room of, filled with guys that had, that had Mike White t-shirts on and were making it into a spectacle and your coach didn't stop it. I mean, in a way, in a small, tiny way, you, I kind of feel bad for the guy in a, in a way. However, with that said, I'm not shipping him off. I'm making Zach Wilson my third-string quarterback next year with a promise of the only way you're seeing the field, dude, is if there's an emergency situation. Sit back, learn, take some notes. Anyway, that's my diatribe on uh, on Zach Wilson. As I look to the TV, the Rangers still lead the Kings 5-2 with about three minutes left in the third period. The Kings are on a power play. Let's go to, in the order that you called, Teddy and Yonkers. You're up next here on The Fan. Hey, Danielle. How you doing? Great. How are you? Danielle, you know, I'm a math teacher, and I deal with rules and facts. And that old expression, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Right. I'm going to be right up front. I don't care for the ghost runner. I don't care for the pitch count as far as the the time allotted for a, a pitcher to throw and for the batter to be in the batter's box. And I certainly don't care for the limitation of, of pickoff moves to first base. I could understand about the bases to make it maybe more exciting. Okay, but in that instance, people might say, Teddy, you're being a hypocrite. You're against all those other things. How could you be in favor of uh, making enlarging the bases? I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't, but uh, I don't care for it. 
It's going to make, and then Danielle, being a math teacher, I should have done this, did my homework on this matter. Maybe you know. What? Do you, and what was the average length of, of a game last year? Three hours and six minutes. For a nine-inning game? Mm-hmm. Okay, three hours and six minutes. What do they anticipate, if they have determined that number, what it would be this year? Two hours and 29 minutes. Get your opinion because I respect you so much. Sure. Are you in favor of these rule changes, Daniel? Teddy, usually you and I agree on a lot of different things. Right. I disagree with every point you made. I love the rules. I I, I do. And and I think of because look, think about it. I know baseball is never meant to be played with the clock, all this, right? But think about how long baseball's been around. How many like hundreds of years, right? Right. In two thousand, not this past year, the year before that, so two thousand and one, I guess it would be that season. It hit three hours and ten minutes, which was a record, historic high, the, the highest it's ever been. And you know, teaching kids, they're not watching games for three hours and ten minutes. I can barely watch a game for three hours and ten minutes without getting bored. Especially in like inning seven, eight, when they start switching up the pitchers and all that. It get, it drags. It completely drags. But now if you speed it up, it's like a game of like chess on like fast forward motion. Because it's like, okay, who's going to make the first mistake? That's going to be exciting to watch. So I I like it. The pickoff throws... Maybe I could do without that, but I think that was just a way to prevent them from, you know, instead of like, how do I say it? Like to, to buy the, for the pitchers to buy themselves more time, right? So you just continue to keep throwing over, throwing over, throwing over. And I think that's why they had to put the limitation on it. But, you know, somebody brought up the, the point of this, just like with the Super Bowl, how the game ended on that pass interference sure. or holding call. What can you imagine in a World Series game? If the umpire calls a uh, a balk because of uh, the extent, the limit. Well, listen, it's Teddy, I'm, right? So, was so a World Series victory. A, a pass interference call, a holding call. Those are those are subjective. You know, you're a math teacher. If the clock hits eight and the batter's not ready, done. You know, it, that it's finite. There's the answer. Okay. You know, I don't know. And and I always think of like, okay, you got to play clock in football, right? Because you can't take forever. That basketball introduced the shot clock because they were taking forever to to make a play with the ball. Uh, um, I I coach volleyball. Even servers are timed. They get a certain amount of time before they have to serve the ball. They can't hang on to it forever and think about where they're going to go and and all that. So I I think it's a welcome change. Okay, one last uh, point, Danielle. With the shift, you brought up a good point. If they have the shift, what's... it's like the conversation that you have with Gina. Why can't Major League Baseball players learn how to bunt so that they can get on base? I, don't, I, 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 I watch them. They practice bunting every day in the cage. It's just a matter of they're doing it off a batting practice pitcher. It's not a guy throwing, you know, with a, with a curveball with a nine-inch break on it, you know. And I'm not making excuses, and I get it, but it's – all right. I, 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 I believe me, Teddy. I was, I was of your mentality too for the longest time I, on his radio station. Like, dude, Joey Gallo just hit it the other way, man. But it's, it's, it's and I'm not sticking up for any of the players, right? Because I teach my players. You know, we set up the tee on the outside part of the plate. You take that to right field. You know, if you're a right hand batter, I, I teach all that to them. But I, I don't think it's possible to do it with the, the great um, increase in the ability of of the modern day pitcher. Really, you make it. 
excellent points, Danielle, and I think I'm going to come around to what you said because you're really articulate and you're knowledgeable, and it's always a pleasure to talk to you, and I appreciate you giving me the time. Yeah, Teddy, in any time. I mean, it's always respectable. You know, so I've any anybody that disagrees with me, you know this. I have no problem yeah. if it's respectable, but as soon as it turns condescending, and you're done for. You're cut off, you oh, know? So you're, you're great, Danielle. Have a good night. Thanks, Teddy. I appreciate that. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to convince anybody. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't, and that's it. But... It is what it is. I mean, every sport now nowadays has a clock, even volleyball. And as he was talking, just finishing up there, the Rangers did close it out at the Garden. I think the final score was 5-2. I think it stayed that way. 5-2, Rangers over the Kings. Rangers playing with four defensemen and an injured Zibanejad. He looks fine, though. He scored a goal, too, after the injury. So, looks good. Um, Yeah, let's, let's continue mowing through it. Let's go with... Uh, Let's go to Steve in Howard Beach. You're up next here on The Fan. Good evening. How are you? Hey, Steve. Good. How are you? Good. Um, basketball stars are godlike because in the last minute of the game, LeBron James has the ball in his hand. Mm-hmm. Conversely, football, Brady has the ball in the last two minutes of the game. To get the game more excited, to make baseball stars more um, bigger than, than they are, how about having the managers reshuffle the lineups in the ninth inning? What do you think about that? Like have Aaron Judge bat every single at bat? Well, no, in the ninth inning. No, in the ninth inning, you can reshuffle your lineup one to nine. So, you know, the Aaron Judges, the Alonzo, the Stars will be up against the closes when the game is in the line. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, Steve, I, I like the thinking outside of the box, but. That's never going to fly. I mean, I, I would, uh, I mean, no, sorry. I hate to shoot you down like that, but it's never going to work. I like the outside-of-the-box thinking, though, as I say, it would say in my class, but um, no, unless they have, like, some sort of, like, mercenary bench player that they can bring in to, to, to sub, but that would be a pinch hitter, <laughs> you know? So, uh, yeah, I can't say I can get behind that one. Um, yeah, and I, and I think it's time we... Uh, Hey, I looked at the call board here. Everybody wants to talk about the rule changes. That's fine. I love every single one of them. Bring it on. 877-337-6666. Welcome back to the fan. My name is Danielle McCartan, and I was just talking with Connor, and I said, Connor, last night we tried talking about these uh, these rule changes, and no bites, and that's the major topic of conversation tonight has been the rule changes. And, uh, Connor, you had received a tweet from Lou and Astoria on the break. He, I know Lou is still listening. Go ahead, Connor. He said, uh, starting today, I'm his man. Yeah. Now, he's been calling the station forever, and I've been answering his phones for, for his phone calls for about three years, but for whatever reason, today, I became his man. That's right. Probably because I hung up on him. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I told him on Twitter, too. I, I, I didn't want to hang up on you. It just it started getting real confusing. But, Connor, not only did he say you're the man, he said, here's the tweet. He said, uh, like I said, I'm a fan of yours, and tell you, producer, that he's that starting today, he's he's my man. My man there, Connor. My, my man. man. And now one of my favorite. Thanks. How about that? My man. Making so an far. impact behind the scenes. <laughs> Connor, you're the best. You're the man. You are the man. I do tell you that, too, actually. <laughs> Thanks, Danielle. <laughs> oh, and he said, uh, yeah, from Lou. I sincerely mean it, and at times I can be controversial, but you seem to be a good, down-to-earth human being, so keep up the good work. Ooh, Connor. 
877-337-6666 is the number in the order that you called. Don in Hopewell, New York. You're up on the fan. Hey, Danielle. How are you? Great. How are you there, Don? Good. All right, listen. I have a great rule change. I think it'll go over. Tell me. So you have four four balls or you get first base or you get three chances at a, a ball in the strike zone, right? So the onus is on the pitcher to get it in the strike zone more than he gets a ball. And it, that means you have a six or seven pitch limit before something's going to go, right? Either a hit or uh, an out or a, a base. Now, you got to give less foul balls. So what you do is you give the batter a chance Four, maybe five times to get the ball in the field of play because the onus is on him to hit the ball in the strike zone. He can't just keep being late and fouling it off. So he has to get in motion and make a decision quicker. And there you go. That's your problem. So, uh, Don, I, I, I love the enthusiasm here, but you're telling me the batter has four swings and that's it? No. He has a chance. He gets up to like 10, maybe 11 pitches before he's out because you only get five foul balls to the batter, maybe four, just like walk pitches to the pitcher. The batter has to be able to get the ball in play if it's in the strike zone. And you go to an electronic strike zone. Get rid of the ump's decision. Yeah, Don, that's what you and I can agree with, the electronic strike zone. But there is, I know it's instituted in the minor leagues, there is no plan for it to be instituted in the major leagues anytime soon. Not according to MajorLeagueBaseball.com, MLB.com. There is no plan anytime soon for an electronic strike zone, unfortunately for all of us. Dom in Edgewater. What's up there, Dom? Oh, Dom, your, you? your finger's over the microphone. Oh, dear. All right, let's change that. How's All right. That? Hey, sounds better. Good, good. Nice to hear your voice again. Oh, thanks. Uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank uh, you. Yeah, listen, I think the Major League Baseball rules, some of them I agree with, others I don't. Which don't uh, you? Shift, I love them all, Dom. Some of them I don't. I, I so The shift, for example, I'm glad they got rid of it because – at this point, it was annoying me. Mm-hmm. It was just like, good. Now, finally, batters have to start hitting the wall. You know, I actually like that. I don't mind it. Yep. Now, what I wanted to talk about was, you know, the scheduling of Major League Baseball, actually, because mm-hmm. it was much better this year specifically because you get to see everybody play everybody, which is actually kind of a good thing for Major League Baseball I because love it. you want you, yeah, because you want the interesting matchups and you want the ratings to go up. And you think about this, Dom. Of- think about it. Us in this area, we're spoiled, right? Because we have a, a team that plays in the AL. We have a team that plays in the NL. So in Correct. our area, we get to see all of the players every year. But imagine Correct. that you're, you know, you're in you know, whatever, where there's only one team around. Mm-hmm. You, you, and, and you're not close in driving distance to anywhere else. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Think about the Rockies. Okay, you're a fan of the Rockies. And you really want to see, you know, Aaron Judge. But unfortunately, you know, it doesn't work out that they play the Yankees this year. I mean, that's that sucks, you know? Exactly, yeah. And that's the thing. I like what Major League Baseball did. You me know, too. They're accommodating all teams. I love it. Yes, um, me too. You know, the, the pitch clock seems kind of 
if he, I'm going to have to see how it works first. I mean, again, these are all new rules that are coming into effect. Um, but the thing is, I know that Manfred is trying to change the game, and I know I'm not a big fan. I'll be honest. Trophy, a piece of metal. Yep. I mean, that just did it for me. Yep. But um, again, these some of these rules, you know, it's gonna we're gonna see how it works, you know, and see how the game is. I mean, again, I don't mind going to a three-hour baseball game. It's fine with me if I've had a long. Listen, if we've had a long day at work and we want to go out and watch baseball, who cares? I'll stay there and watch the Yankees or Mets for four hours. I don't really well, care. And the problem becomes um, when you but, get up for work the next day, especially if it's like a Tuesday, yeah, you're done well, for, for the whole week. We're at that age now, well, Dom. Yeah, well, look, as teachers, you know, and, and, and by, I am a teacher, by the way. I work in Hoboken, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, for me, I just want to see the game grow because it's – I love baseball. I love watching it. You know, as a Yankee fan, I've been watching it ever since 1996 when I had a poster of Derek Jeter on my wall. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, I want to leave you with one trivia question, if I may. Okay. I actually found this out last night. All right. Which pitcher has the lowest ERA against the New York Yankees? You'd be surprised, actually, what this answer is. Now, is you, it – just give me a hint here. It's not, like, in historical, right? It's an active pitcher, and it's not one uh, – Oh, no, not. it's not an it's not an active pitcher. Oh, but okay, um, he, but he he was actually a well. If I give it away, it's too bad. But the, my, I don't want to give my it first away. thought was Pedro Martinez. And you know what? Last night, um, no, it's not Pedro. I found this out last night. It's actually Babe Ruth. Oh, that but, is. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I know because he pitched for the Red Sox to start. Yeah, and then came over to the Yankees. And then so so just an interesting thought there to end that point. But you know, Danielle, you do a terrific job always. You represent Dumont well, and um, always a pleasure to talk to you. And as I said, with the Major League Baseball rules, you know, we'll see how it turns out. But hopefully, as I said, you know, we'll see what it does. But again, I wanted to. My point was the scheduling. I love the fact that the matchups are going to be better because you know the game needs to be better because. It's it's gone downhill the last few years, and you mentioned actually in the summertime the Field of Dreams game. Mm-hmm. That was a very smart idea. I mm-hmm. do like that. Yep. Um, we need to see more of that. You know, the Cooperstown, the Little League. Yep. I don't mind that. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. That's great. Um, and I've actually been to Cooperstown, and it's funny because I've actually been on Double Day Field uh, for Dumont. Actually, they played Fort Lee back in 2008. Actually, which oh, is quite rivalry. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh yeah, of course then. And uh good old Kinesi is the head coach. There you go, coach, there's your shout out there. <laughs> um so uh yeah, so hopefully Major League Baseball can get back to being exciting again because, you know, everybody said that baseball's boring and sometimes it can be. But for me as a Yankee fan or anybody as a baseball fan, we want to see a good product in the end. Right. So hopefully yeah. everything will work out. And thanks there, Dom. Yeah, and hopefully, I mean, the thing is, it's just about engagement, right? You want the game to be more engaging. I- I've never been to Cooperstown, and I know you're shaking your head right now, whatever you're listening on, car radio, whatever it is. I know I've never been there. I know I have to get there. It's on my bucket list to do this summer. I'm going to try to get to Cooperstown. Um, but he mentioned the Field of Dreams game, and that was so exciting, wasn't that? that I mean, whatever team was playing, and it didn't matter if it was the Yankees, whatever, I would watch it regardless. And remember Aaron Judge gave me that scoop? Remember that? I asked him whatever I asked him about it, and he said, uh, I think uh, 
think uh, Kevin Costner might be making an appearance. Sure enough, Kevin Costner made an appearance. That was pretty cool. I got a little scoop there from Aaron Judge on the field before the game. Not the Field of Dreams game. I didn't go there. But my cousin, so I just told you about my cousin in Florida, Danny. Well, his wife, Tiffany, we're like friends, right? And she was like, oh, I have to visit my family in Iowa. I got two, you know, two little kids. I mean, what are we going to do in Iowa? And I was like, what do you mean what are you going to do in Iowa? You're going to go to the Field of Dreams, obviously. And so she looked it up, and it was only like two hours away from where they were supposed to be or going to be or whatever. And um, and they went. They went to the Field of Dreams, and it was a present for my cousin Danny for, I think it was either Father's Day or his birthday or both. I don't know. And, uh, yeah, she took them all. They went into, it was getting all these pictures. They went into the house from the movie scene. You know, they went on the field. You could do batting practice on the field now. So his little kids are now, like, wanting to, you know, be a part of the baseball community now and everything. And, you know, it was just, it's just cool. And she said it was so cool. The kids walk through the, um, the corn and everything. And uh, she said, no, he called me. And he was like, did you know what, you, what Tiffany did for me? I was like, yeah, it was my idea, duh. And uh, he was like, oh, man, you can rent the house out for whatever, let's just say $10,000, but it, it sleeps like 15 people. So whatever, whatever it was, I, I don't know the cost off the top of my head. It was like last year, but last summer. But he said to me, if we were to do it, would you go and spend the night in the house with us all there? And I was like, I didn't, I didn't even let him finish the question. Yeah, I would go. Absolutely, yes. He's like, all right, I'll try to get it together. You know what? I'm going to text him right now. Actually, on this break. I'm going to text him on this break and I'll say, whatever happened, Danny, with the, the Field of Dreams house that we were going to be staying in? Wouldn't that be so cool? Oh, my God, I can't. All right, I'm going to text him now. We'll take a quick break. We've got a Pete McCarthy update, and I'll be right back with you on the other side of the 8 p.m. Welcome back to the fan. My name is Danielle McCartan. Hanging with you for another two hours. We're halfway down. We're halfway there. That's what we should come back going on a time like this, Connor. We're halfway there by Bon Jovi. Um, <laughs> I got I to gotta tell you something, Connor. Um, today, I, I went to the gym. I've been doing really good. I've been going to the gym, but and my, my gym has, has tanning, too, right? So today I went tanning, and you could probably tell as soon as you look at me because I'm, I'm red, right? And I, I wish I didn't wear such tight pants because now my legs are itchy, and... I'm sweating. I just got up to lower the air conditioner in here, turn it down to 65 in here because I'm sweating. And I stayed in for, you know what the problem was? I stayed in for the full time, which I always do, 12 minutes, but it were brand new bulbs. And I am paying for it right now. I'm dying. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> Can't we make this air go any you lower like in here? Sunburn, burns, <laughs> it's hot. Yeah, it's not good. Oh. I always have like the, I don't know if you've ever seen Final Destination, the fear with yes. tanning beds that the thing's never going to open back up and you just get stuck in there. Yes. It, it, it's it's not realistic. Just like when you drive behind <laughs> yeah. the, the, the truck full of uh, uh, chopped trees, it's not going to fall on you. I know. Scarring, though. I'm sure it hurts. It not yet. It's just itchy now. I just feel hot though. I wish I didn't wear such tight pants. <laughs> I'm sweating. It's it's setting in. I could see it on my look on my wrist too. Oh man, this is gonna be bad tomorrow at school. The kids are gonna be like, "Where'd you go on vacation?" I'd <laughs> be like, "Nowhere." The the bright lights of the fan studios. That's what it was. <laughs> oh, that's right. At least I'll blend in with all them. They'll have sunburns too. I'm sure. 
<laughs> oh, I got the Sunday scaries going on right now. 877-337-6666. I got a tweet from uh, at six colorblind six, and it says, I actually welcome the new world changes like you do. I love the game as it was, but this would certainly make things a bit more interesting. It's a game of baseball, and it's supposed to be entertaining, and it's a game. I think speeding it up makes it even for a bit more exciting moments, just my opinion. Totally agree. I mean, if you don't have time to think about something, whatever you, you're going to do, you just have to, have to do it. You don't have enough time to think and just you go with it. There's going to be a mistake. And it's going to be interesting as a viewer to watch. Uh, in the order that you call, let's go. Ben in New York, you're up next here on The Fan. Hey, how are you doing? Great. How are you there, Ben? Great. Um, just a couple of points. They're all talking about the shift mm-hmm. and how the second baseman has to be on the first base side of second base. But theoretically, he can just stand right next to second base and still, you know, block the hole. So he's still going to be taking away a boatload of base hits. Theoretically. And the rule states that, so when, like, imagine the second base itself, the bag. So on the right side of the bag, just draw, like, an imaginary line all the way to the outfield grass. On the left left side of the bag, just draw an imaginary line right to the, to, to the grass. And that little zone in the middle is the zone that cannot be occupied. That's like a, Right, but you can stand right next to the bag, You can bag, stand though, right? right next to it, correct. Yep. Do you take off on the pitch? You cannot. You cannot sprint um, on the pitch. You can't do it. Right, but it's being hit up the middle. You're going to get it. And again, that's going to take away still a lot of hits. I mean, I guess it's nothing to do about that, but, but and it's going to take away a lot of hits. I know, but still, and it's like, all right, well, doesn't doesn't the defensive pitcher take away that that alleyway up the middle like that? That the severe right up the middle? When, even if the pitcher doesn't make a play on it, they're, they're going to get hit by it, you would think, right? Well, well, I'm saying we always see hits up the middle. Somehow they get there. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, I saw the, the play I saw today where, where they were, I don't know where the fielders were positioned because I wish they would show you that on the camera, but they don't. Um, it, they just, it was a traditional hit right up the middle, right over the bag pretty much, and it still went through. So I, I don't know. But you, yes, the rule states that you can stand right to the side, to the, to the, adjacent to the bag. Yes, you can. And I know you're a big proponent of the clock. Mm hmm. Problem I have with that is, let's say you know Cole's going into the seventh. Mm-hmm. I mean, at a certain point, they should have a rule like if a pitcher's pitching four innings, you gotta give him a little more time. You know, you can't just give him how much time? Was it twenty, thirty seconds? Yeah, twenty with nobody on, fifteen with the runners on. Oh, sorry, right. reverse, it, reverse guy, it, If he's pushing into is pushing into the you know the seventh inning, he's gonna need a break, mind you. And also, they're also trying to hurry up the game. But if pitchers get worn out a lot faster, they're gonna be going to the bullpen every you know three and a half minutes. Mm. So that's just going to take more time. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I I see what you're you're saying, but but it, it from the baseball perspective, like the like the the owner, the the, the league office, they're like, well, if Cole's going into the seventh inning and he's tired, we want him to make a mistake. They're not going to change it. That's when the game slows down. That's when I start to get pull out my phone and get bored. Right there, late in games like that. You know what they can be secretly doing? They're, they can be secretly trying to be devaluing the a pitcher. To have pitchers fetching, you know, Scherzer money. Suddenly, you know, you're not going to have pitchers having, you know, a, you know, a two-two ERA. It's, it's not going to be, you know, possible anymore. Could be, yeah, could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that could be from the owner's perspective. Like we don't want pitchers to be getting paid so much. Sure, but again, though, Ben, there's there's no salary. And suddenly, gap. if kind of Flavor's worth more than you know Garrett Cole, then Garrett Cole's not going to get Garrett Cole money. Oh, never! Oh, never! Never! Never is IKF <laughs> worth get that? Never <laughs> ever! Come on, Ben, you just pushed the well, button there. Well, if he's starting shortstop, then <laughs> I, he's, he's got, it's the same thing for me. Oh no! No! That's no, how painful no. it is if he starts at short. 
No, Ben, and thanks for the call there. No. IKF, no. I don't even know what he's still doing on the team. Uh, Bob and Syosset's up next here on The Fan. Hi, Danielle. How are you? Great. How are you there, Bob? I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah, I just I've been enjoying your show, and there's Thank a million you. things to talk about, but I've been meaning to talk to you about this for a long time. I actually thought I'd try to ask you this question a while ago. What's that? And I just want your opinion on this particular subject because, uh, well, did you hear about the Amanda Kamakana, a uh, former so- star softball player for UCLA that's been hired by the Cleveland Guardian? No, I didn't hear that. I, yeah, it was in the in my Newsday that I get, and um, so they had an article about MLB. You know, so this girl, Amanda, a lady. Uh, Amanda Kamakona, K-A-M-E-K-O-N-A, mm-hmm. former star, UCLA, has been hired by the Cleveland Guardians as the first uh, female on-field coach in team history, and she'll be teaching the Guardians. They have an Arizona Rookie League team, and she'll be teaching the team's uh, developmental players down I there. I love that. Hitting coaches. And I wanted to bring up to you, and I, and I tried to get it across at one time in the past, and I'm not sure, but I would love to hear your opinion on how – how it translates, how hitting a softball, especially with the shifts that they have today and the high-velocity pitches, how hitting a softball might well translate into teaching, you know, how to hit a softball as to teaching how to hit a major league baseball. Hmm. What do you think about that? I mean, because you, you, you had mentioned earlier in the program that you do teach your kids mm-hmm. outside fastball. Well, we all learn that. Outside fastball, I mean, it's obvious the easiest way to do it anyway. Yep. But then outside fastball, you just stick the bat out and hit it to right field. But then inside pitch, you can you can you have the time to pull the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's up the middle, if you're in a slump, they always say you hit it up the middle, you know. So I was just wondering what your thoughts were on that particular speed that you teach hitting, correct? Yeah, yeah. And I played baseball, actually, and, and, I, and I played softball, and now I coach softball. Um, Obviously, there's some differences in the swing, right? It's just obvious. I mean, softball is kind of like, very short to the ball. That's the one thing. When I made the transition from baseball to softball, two things yeah. that, that my coach immediately said to me, and he was okay. like, two things. One, well, I'm a shortstop. He's like, one, you are way too long. Like, when you receive the ball at shortstop, you are too long to first base. You have to throw faster. The bases okay. are shorter. You have to throw faster. I was like, okay. okay. Not speed-wise. Just get rid of it. Release it faster. Right. Right. And then the other thing he told me, my softball coach, was we can also tell you play baseball because your swing is so long. You're long through the ball. Softball okay. is way faster. Hands to, to the to, to the middle, hands to the ball, and, and then the bat will follow. Okay. Um, and I think they're easily transferred. I was able to fix it. I mean, I'm not a professional baseball player. I'm sure they, they can fix it faster than I even did. So th- there are a lot of transferable skills, the mentality of it all and all that. And, um, man, that's just really good. I didn't, I didn't know about that. I'm so happy yeah. for her. Well, there you know. Now you know. You have to read about her a little bit and see how she progresses uh, during the year. She's 36 years old. Uh, uh-huh. The 36 year old uh, hiring continues a trend throughout MLB of teams adding female coaches to their staffs. Uh, so the Guardians uh, have had a woman coach mental skills, but have never previously had a female instructor working with players on the field. So oh, I love that. <laughs> there you go. So yeah. Hey, listen to those. Guys that strike out all the time, they say they have long string, uh, long swing through the zone. Yeah. So if you shorten your swing and, you know, pop the ball to all fields, uh, hey, that could be a, a good way to play, too. You know, you, can, you don't have to have nine guys that swing for the fences. You know? Oh, I'm tired of watching it, honestly. I know. You want base runners and speed and hitting the ball all over and driving the defense crazy. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> 
<laughs> Otherwise, they just sit back and wait for the strikeout. You know. So. Oh, I know. It's the three the three outcome hitters. I can't stand them. Home run, strikeout, or walk. Enough of it. I ha- I've had enough of it. Right. So let's hope that, the, that we have a good year and and uh, you know maybe the pitchers by having to throw more quickly don't build up their arm strength, so to speak, in that extra 10 or 15 seconds that they waste on the mound. They have to, maybe they won't, their arms won't be strong. I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. I mean, who knows what the effects are going to be. But uh, I think we'll see what happens, you know? Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think we're going to see it immediately either, right? Because these guys are, you know, they're throwing, what, have four or five innings in, through the month of April, even less in the cold here. So I don't know if we're really going to see the impact of that until maybe the beginning of June, really, when these pitchers are actually built up to the point where they can, they could go out and pitch seven innings if they wanted to. Yeah. Well, that's an important stat, uh, too. They said uh, all the playoff teams pretty much had the, the nine out of the ten, what, how many playoffs, 12 playoff teams, mm-hmm. whatever. I think 11 out of the 12 had the most innings pitched from their starting pitchers. Wow. So in I other didn't words, see if you that. had to use your bullpen a lot, you did not make the playoffs. And the teams that ex- had the starting pitching to extend into the sixth and seventh inning or the highest average starting, uh, you know, innings from a starting pitcher. Oh, Those I like 11 that. out of the 12 made the... Uh, I like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I heard that uh, so, uh, on one of the games somewhere along the line. Well, so. if that's the case, I think the Yankees are in trouble a little bit because their their manager likes to pull them after a certain amount of pitches every <laughs> single game, regardless of situation. <laughs> Let them try to get a, try to get six innings out of those guys at least. Come on, you know, try to bump the you know six or seven innings at least instead of trying to because that does wear out the bullpen too. It's a combination of just a, not a good combination of uh, starters going too early and bullpens mm-hmm. going too long. Mm-hmm. So, so there you have that. And uh, so, well, I'm interested in uh, in all this. I don't, being that I'm still on the line, I want to say one thing. You know, I do like baseball. I love football, too. I like football, but I was watching the Super Bowl, and uh, I was actually saying, I couldn't believe I heard myself saying this, but I was saying as the game had, you know, the announcers were great. Fox kept them in the background. The announcers were great. Olsen set the stage. You knew exactly what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Third down and eight, okay? And I'm saying, oh, my God, what a game. This is the greatest thing. You know, and I'm, 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 this is even this is better than baseball. I can see why people love football better than baseball. <laughs> this is unbelievable. This is fantastic. Boom. They do the play. They throw the flag. And I said, oh, that's <laughs> it. I take back everything I said about the NFL right there. And oh, I know. Yeah. Oh, boy. That, that took the wind. Talk about shooting down balloons. That took the wind right out of <laughs> I mean, you know, that took the air right out of the balloon right there. Yeah. I turned off the game because you knew what was going to happen. It was a Kansas City victory. Yeah. I said, I'll come back in five or ten minutes. If it's overtime, I knew KC missed the field goal. It was nothing to watch at that point after that. I did happen to see the last eight seconds to see if they could do that, you know, uh, laterals and everything to yes. try to get a touchdown. But yep. as soon as the, as soon as they called the flag, that was the end of the game. I and know. it just ruined everything. I know, I know. Oh, my gosh. You know yeah. what, Bob? And, and thanks for the call there. My my favorite expression is umpires, referees, whoever, lines judges, they should be seen and not heard. That is my that is my theory. I don't like how football, they get so involved. Like, the, the umpire, I mean, the referees in football could and have determined the outcomes of games before. Maybe not on purpose, but it happens. And basketball is the same way. Yeah, I just I just don't like it. I, I just don't like it. They should be seen and not heard. Anyway, um, it's about time. I think we do it. I posted uh, an hour or so ago my ideal lineup for the Mets opening day. 
we'll do the Yankees next week. But for Mets opening day, it's got some buzz on Twitter. Let's do it. If you wanted to take a look at it, if you're a visual learner before, you know, and you want to call up about it and get on hold now, uh, it's at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Tweeted it around, I don't know, 6 o'clock or so. So go ahead and take a look. And let me know your thoughts at 877-337-6666. Welcome back. My name is Danielle McCartan, and we're going to talk this way here on The Fan till 10 p.m. Yeah, that was terrible. I know. I get it. Uh, I posted my Mets lineup, my perfect world scenario, my ideal utopia. This is how I would do it. New York Mets opening day lineup. If you're a visual learner, go ahead and take a look at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I welcome your feedback there and on the phones at 877-337-6666. Connor Green's behind the glass taking your calls. Um, and you know what? I, I, I have some people asking me, oh, why didn't you do the Yankee one? Okay, well, as I sit here in an Aaron Judge authentic jersey, road gray, um, I'll be honest, I started with the Mets because, quite frankly, the Mets lineup, to me, was a lot easier to do than the Yankee one. And so, um, if you look at it, uh, I've, I have got two main overarching kind of takeaways here. Uh, number one, Francisco Alvarez is my number one catcher from day one. Catcher, not Designated hitter. Defensively, he has the golden opportunity, if he's the catcher on day one, to work with, to develop a rapport with, to develop a trust with the Mets pitching staff day in and day out. Get their likes, get their dislikes, their tendencies. What do they like to throw in this particular situation, etc.? I want to get the growing pains out in the lowest pressure situation April and offensively Francisco Alvarez he's not going to be facing you know seven to eight innings of top starters with their top stuff because again they don't go that long especially around here in cold April so he'll get many of his at-bats against middle relievers which is definitely more favorable and much more low leverage than the five must-win regular season games that they surprised him and brought him up for. I mean, the Mets already brought him up at the end of the season last year. And too late, we know, you and I talked about that as it happened. I mean, he was driving home after his minor league season with his parents, and then you pluck him and put him into two games in Atlanta, games 159 and 160, to pinch hit in DH scenarios? Come on, I mean, how do you expect a kid to succeed? That's, like, impossible. And you want to know something? I dug a little deeper, as I'm used to doing. Alvarez did not get a single hit last season in high and medium, high or medium leverage situations. There were seven at-bats where he entered in where it was either a high or a medium leverage situation last year at the major league level. Seven at-bats, zero hits, one walk, two strikeouts, one grounded into a double play. I mean, literally like nothing. That's basically nothing. Although he also had five low leverage at-bats last season. A double, a home run, a walk. Still two strikeouts, though, but that's all right. So what's what's the most comfortable position that you can put him in this entire season? 
April baseball in New York. And if he fails miserably in April for some reason, you have a safety net in Nervais. So, in conclusion, Francisco Alvarez is my catcher. Day one. For all of the reasons I just listed. And number two, main takeaway, and this has generated a lot of comments here on Twitter. I believe in it. I love pairing Brandon Nimmo with Pete Alonso. Put Nimmo in front of Alonso, who is obviously your number four hitter. He's not moving out of that spot, right? So then why would you do that? Because Brandon Nimmo sees the most number of pitches per plate appearance of any Met. So why not have him hitting right in front of Pete Alonso every single time? That's where Pete Alonso, right there from the on-deck circle, right there, 15 feet away, that's where he's going to get the best look at and have the best advantage of seeing what a pitcher is throwing. So those are the two main takeaways from from my ideal lineup for the New York Mets. Um, And we can talk about, maybe in a little bit, how base stealing also impacted the way I lined everybody up in that in that batting order. 877-337-6666. Alvarez is your opening day catcher. Better be. I Oh, yeah, and I got a tweet, too. I, I, I have since lost it, but it said, well, you're going to bring Alvarez up, and he's going to be your DH. No, you're not. You're not bringing Alvarez up to be your DH. The guy, he's he's your your what number one prospect in the Mets organization as as a catcher, not as a designated hitter. He's not going to get any better at catching by being a hitter. Logic. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six to Dave in Comac. You're up here on the fan. Hey, how are you? Great. How are you? I'm a Van Allen the fan, and mm. uh, my prediction is well, let's see what you think. You think that the Islanders could possibly finish ahead of the Rangers? Mm, especially if the Rangers go out and get Kane? No, I don't think so. You really think the Rangers are going to get Kane? I think it's not a matter of if. I think it's a matter of when. I was prepared to break it last night on my show. Okay. And then, uh, so let's say that uh, the Rangers lose. Uh, to they, Let's say it ends up going the opposite way and, and, the Rangers, and the Islanders finish ahead of the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Then the Rangers would play Boston, right? Oh, God, I, I don't know how that would work out right now. I can look at it. Okay. Did you? Did you, Have you looked at it? No, I asked Connor. He's not really sure. But I know, yeah. Uh, let's see. 2023, okay, projected. Here we go. Right now, as it stands here, the Rangers have the sixth seed, so they would play the Devils in round one. Uh, but you're saying you want the, the, the um, Islanders and the Rangers flipped, right? I'm saying if the Islanders somehow finish ahead of the Rangers. Okay, so then if they just flip-flops, seven and six seeds, flip-flops, uh, then it's the Islanders and Devils, and then you've got the Rangers against the Hurricanes. Okay, and we'll, if, if the, with the other way around, the Islanders finish below the Rangers. They've got the Hurricanes in round one. Oh, so it's not going to be Boston in the first No, to, right now, the Boston's at the, the, the like, the, where we're looking right now is the bottom right hand of, of the bracket. Boston's all the way at the top right hand, so no. I thought best place worst. Uh, yes, and, and there's eight seeds. So right now, Boston is is number one is slated to play number eight Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. So let me ask you this. Yeah. Uh, if the Islanders beat the Hurricanes in the first round mm-hmm. and the Rangers beat, you said the Devils, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. 
Are the are the Islanders and Rangers going to play each other in the next round? They would, yes. As oh, it stands right now, yes. That's a beautiful thing, and I'd love <laughs> to see the Islanders beat the Rangers. Just if the Islanders don't do anything this year, that's that would be the best thing to beat the Rangers. Oh, of course, that's right. <laughs> so <laughs> duh. But I don't uh, think it's by the way, though. that thing with the baseball with that time clock and everything else. Yeah. I'm totally against that. I think it takes away from the game. How, though? Well, because for many years, they didn't have a time clock. Uh, I think that, like, in the beginning, like, with the playoffs, that, you, you, you know, in the beginning, it was only if you finished first and you were going to go go to the uh, the playoffs. And in the beginning, I was kind of, you know, uh, on the fence about it. But now I, I have no problem with it because the Yankees, you know, you know, get the second wild card or whatever mm-hmm. most of the time. But... I think it takes away from the game because you don't want to pressure the pitcher to do anything that he wouldn't do. And the same thing with a hitter. You know, it's part of the game. I mean, if you didn't like baseball to begin with, you know, them having a time clock or whatever it is for the pitches and for the batter in the box, you're not going to watch a baseball game anyway. Dave, for me, it shortens the game by 37 minutes. That's the difference of a game ending at 9.35 versus like 10.15. Mm-hmm. That's a big difference. But it may destroy the uh, the playoffs for the for the teams. How? Well, if you're going to tell me that you got the bases loaded, like you mentioned yesterday, mm-hmm. and uh, the guy struck out because he took too long in the batter's box, mm-hmm. I think that takes away from the game. If if you're in the playoffs and you haven't figured out how to get yourself in the batter's box, I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. Okay, I'd rather they you know play it out the normal way. No, it, it's. First of all, the playoffs start later anyway. The postseason games start at, at, even later. Mm-hmm. And, and and when I was going to the games and then dragging my, you know what, back to school the next morning, I was dr- completely dragging the rest of the week. It was awful. So I am so on board for any, any not even shortening of the game, but just making the game more engaging. I mean, mm-hmm. how many times do you have to watch a guy uh, adjust the batting gloves? How many times you got to watch a guy dig in in the plate or a pitcher adjust his cap or, or all this stuff? It's like it's all the non-baseball things in a baseball game they are now trying to cut out, and I love it. Oh, I hate to think that, you know, a pitcher basically, you know, can't think uh, what's the word. You know what I'm talking about. It takes with anxiety, you know, uh, when you're on the mound, you know, and because of the game or whatever, maybe it's an important game. Now you got to worry about a pitch clock. I mean, it, it's just they're creatures of habit. You don't, they're not going to be worrying about it. Come, what, what was the seven weeks from now? Regular season, it's going to be like it's it's a, it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. But, but even though I'm a Yankee fan, right? I, I you know I'm more uh, into hockey right now because. Mm-hmm. You know, because of what's going on or whatever. But mm-hmm. be, between me and the lamppost, I think that the Islanders need to rebuild that entire team. They might and, have to tear it down and start all over. Right, yeah. tear it down altogether. If it means getting rid of Barzell and you get three draft picks to, that are actually better scorers than mm-hmm. what they have now, then, mm-hmm. then so be it. Because I think that long-term-wise, they'd be better off because of it. But evidently, the organization is more interested in playoff dollars than they are in improving the team. Mm-hmm. Isn't that right? And you know what else, Dave? i got to tell you something. As yep. a Yankee fan, Loisaga, he is going to be the most impacted by this pitch clock. He is the longest from you know pitch to home in both ru- with runners on and without runners on. Mm-hmm. He, he is going to be the one that's going to get, you know. It's, and it's like not just a little close, it's like way over. So hopefully he can adjust. But he is the one, if you're a Yankee fan, you're looking at going like, uh-oh, 
this could be a problem for him. I think for the Yankees, it'll be uh, the biggest problem is going to be the hitting again, as yep. usual. Of course, when you're rolling out Josh Donaldson and IKF and, and Hicks and your opening day roster, your opening day lineup, yeah, that is going to be a problem. Yep. And then there's a pitcher that's on the DL already, right? Oh, yeah, Frankie Montas, who I didn't want right. anyway. Yep. I'd right. Yep. So they really have no pitching. They didn't do anything to improve the hitting. Rodon. It... Eh. What's that? Uh, Carlos Rodon. As far as? Uh... Starters. Okay. Yeah. But still, I mean, if they didn't do anything to improve the hitting, it's not going to be any different this year than it was last year. Yep, and unfortunately, you're right on that one. So, I mean, that's why, like, I didn't really watch the playoffs last year, and the same thing the year before. I was more into the hockey than, than the playoffs, because mm-hmm. I'm sick of it every year. It's the same. The, the Steinbrenners don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, they basically you know don't want to spend any money. It's kind of what you were saying about the your theory on the Islanders is kind of applicable right. to the Yankees, isn't it? Well, I mean, uh, at least the Yankees could say, well, we won X amount of championships, where the Islanders, the last time they won a championship was 1983. Mm-hmm. Assuming I'm correct uh, with the year. Maybe it was 84. But, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. We'll so, see. Thanks for talking to you. <laughs> thanks for making the call there, Dave. Take care. Appreciate Bye-bye. it. Uh, yeah, I mean, the definition of, of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And I'm not sure what the Yankees are thinking by rolling back Pretty much the same exact lineup as last year. Um, with that being said, uh, I also took into consideration baseball's uh, new like base-stealing highway and how that should impact the Mets' lineup construction um, because the Mets have a lot of speed, a lot of speed to burn. So as I went through this, I also thought about that. I'm Daniel McCartan. I'm going to reveal the... I'm going to read you the lineup card as if it was being read at a game. Coming up next here on The Fan. Welcome back to The Fan. My name is Danielle McCartan. Hanging with you for about another hour, a little over an hour. Lori Rubinson will come your way at that point. Been a lively baseball conversation tonight. Love that. Um, I also have some new news on a potential Timo Meyer deal. If I can find the tweet. Yes. Um, here's, this is uh, Sportsnet. So Canada's number one sports network. Um... I'm going to just paraphrase it here. Supposedly, it's not a done deal, Timo Meyer to the Devils. They are continuing to work on it. However, it seems as though there's a player involved. It didn't say which side, which team, but there's a player involved that's quote-unquote banged up, and it's holding up the deal, and the teams are trying to work through it. So um, thank you for the update there, pmurf31. He tagged me in it. So if you see something, say something. Tag me. So we can uh, we can make sure we have the most up to date information possible. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six is the phone number to get aboard. Um, okay, so in the minor leagues, uh, under all these new rules, they found that stolen base activity increased from from two point two three attempts per game to two point eight one, and that the stolen base success rate improved. 10% with all these new rules. It went from 68% to now 78%, which is pretty good if you're a base runner, not if you're a catcher. Um, that's pretty significant. So I think you'd want to construct your lineup accordingly. I think you'd want to get as many guys flying around the bases as possible. So if it's me filling out this Mets lineup card, I'm going to use the speed to my advantage, and I'm not going to put um, my best base dealers behind any potential like slow poke base cloggers, honestly. I think that would be counterproductive, so you got to be aware of that. 
So from a base stealing standpoint, I like Marte and Lindor, the Mets top two from last season, right at the top of this order. Like imagine a scenario where they can get themselves into a first and second scenario with Nimmo, Brandon, a guy who rarely, like I looked, he never really ever grounds into double plays. You get him up to bat third. And I know he's a fantastic leadoff hitter. I get it. But he might be better served this season with these rule changes in this capacity. With, you know, Marte on second, Lindor on first, you got Nimmo up. You're pretty much guaranteed to, to uh, not uh, grounded into double play there with Nimmo batting third. and So you could be really potentially looking at even, like, again, your two best base stealers, right? Two pickoff throws, whatever. You could be potentially looking at, you know, Marte at third, Lindor at second. And, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a really good scenario. You could be looking at second and third for Alonzo. You could be looking at bases loaded for Alonzo. Like, a lot in that first inning. Like So, like, say either, you know, Marte gets out or Lindor gets out. Well, then Nimmo's your guy. Right? So, I think it's a nice situation to be in if you're the Mets. If you're a starting pitcher, if you're a middle reliever. Because I think there's going to be a lot of runs generated early on for the Mets. And I, I actually considered pushing Jeff McNeil, who, oh, by the way, the NL batting champion, up to two. And Lindor down to five. Because I thought that might work well enough to break up the best base stealers, which were Marte and Lindor. But I actually just, I didn't want to put Lindor behind Alonzo because Alonzo added him on the base pass would just negate any sort of, you know, advantage Lindor would have on the base paths. It would take away stealing opportunities, obviously, to have Alonzo in front of Lindor. So um, I'll go through it twice. So, so I have batting first, Marte. Two, Lindor. Three, Nimmo. Four, Alonzo. Five, McNeil, and then kind of, I don't know, from here, six was Kana, seven was Vogelback, eight, Alvarez, nine, Brett Beatty. And yes, I'm giving Alvarez and Beatty the start from day one. So again, I have Marte at one because he stole the most bases for the Mets last year. I have Lindor at two because he stole the second most bases for the Mets last year. Remember, the base paths are smaller. They're shorter. Than last year. And there's all these pickoff regulations and stuff. Mets are going to take a lot of bags. And if the two of them can't get it done, Nimmo will. He gives, and I just like him in front of Alonzo because he looks at so many pitches. Leads the team in, 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 in pitches per at-bat. So why not have Pete Alonzo looking on from the from the batter's box, not from the dugout. I mean, from the, from the on-deck circle, not from the dugout. Five, unfortunately, that you're NL batting champ last year. Jeff McDeal, I mean, he gets on. I'd love to move him up. Find a way to move him up, though. Uh, six, Canna. I picked him six because his he's got a higher average than Vogelback last year. He's got three times the amount of total bases than Vogelback last year. Um, I got Vogelback seven, Alvarez eight, and again, Brett Beatty nine. Just so the two before him don't clog up the bases in front of him. Now, so I know this is not what the Mets are going to roll out for opening day. I just know it. Uh, but... This is how I would do it. Oh, and oh yeah, and someone on Twitter asked, well, who's your opening day pitcher? Max Scherzer. 
That's my opening day pitcher, Max Scherzer. 877-337-6666. All of that in light of the new rule changes for baseball this upcoming season, which we've already seen in place. Let's go to Long Beach. Linda, you're up next here on The Fan. Yeah, good evening. Good evening. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, thanks for making it. You know, last year when I was watching the Mets play against San Diego, mm-hmm. and after every pitch there was timeout called, mm-hmm. and the umpires didn't do anything to stop that. Mm. It, it just, it just, it just was. Brutal. It was, it was abusing the the process, and it made it, it ruined the Mets pitching. I think it did anyway. Mm. And you know, look what happened when they played against another team afterwards. I really don't know, but I really like the changes. It's going to move everything along, keep people in the batter's box, and keep the pitchers pitching. And I love the the um, the uh, they can't you know do the shift as much. I I like that. I like, I like it too. I love it because it, it just time out every every pitch. And if you look back, you'll see that's true. And as far as the playoffs are concerned, mm-hmm. with hockey and basketball, they change the rules. It's too violent. I mean, look what happened to Durant last year. They beat him up, and they made him disappear. Yeah, and that just it, it just and because if you blow on a guy during a game, it's a foul, <laughs> and all of a sudden, no foul calls, nothing, nothing, nothing. Yeah, I mean, and in hockey, way too violent, and I and and I don't mind, you know, the 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 physicality of the game. I love hockey, right? But it it was out of control. Yeah. Thank you very much. I get it. And, and Linda, I, th- I guess the point is that, you know, you have to adapt, right? In football, too, they change rules on, on all that about the physicality and the violence and all that. And so I think this is just baseball just changing and adapting with the times. I mean, I know I do not want to sit through a three-hour and ten-minute game. I just don't. I can't. Like, I can't do it. Like, when I get home from, from work, my like, my time is valuable. I don't want to be sitting in front of a TV for three and a half hours. God forbid there's... Extra innings, and then you're really in for it. And then you got to turn the game off. I know I do. Turn the game off and go to bed and, and figure it out in the morning what happened. Or check in the middle of the night what happened. And now you're going to see, I'm going to. I'm telling you right now, attendance is going to go up because more kids are going to be able to attend games on school nights and things of that nature. Or even just be able to stay up in their houses and watch it on TV more, longer. So I am for all of these, all of them, it's especially the pitch clock. It's about time. Pete in Jersey City, you're up next here on The Fan. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for taking the call. Hey, thanks for making it. Sure. Um, so I just wanted to go off, you know, what the last previous caller before the break was saying about the Yankees and really what I've been hearing all season about the Yanks, um, how they made no moves and how they're going to be the same team and this and that. But it, that's not really the case. I mean, you're going to have Bader for a full season. You're likely going to have Volpe to, you know, the top shortstop in the league, uh, prospect in the league. Pete, you won't see him, though. Unfortunately, you won't see him because the the, the Cashman doubled down on IKF. He's back. He's going to be the starting shortstop. You're never Volpe, you're not going to see Volpe. I'm sorry. I, I mean, you might see Volpe in May, so they get that extra year of service, but I don't see IKF being the, the, the starting shortstop all year long. I mean, why would he? I mean, you see Volpe's already raking in the minors. I, I, I so know. I get it. I'm with you, but I'm telling you right now, it's they, they are not going to make the change. They won't do it. But Why also, you know, as far as them not spending money, like, you know, they got Judge, who was the, the number one, you know, big, uh, offensive free agent. They got Rodon, who was the number one pitching free agent. I, I, didn't I love mean, I don't Rodon know if people move. say, like, you know, they didn't spend any money and they have, like, uh, the same team. They, they were in the, ASL, the ALCS and they won the best division in baseball last year. You're going to rebuild the whole team? Like, I don't get it. I mean, you know what I mean? Well, and I know they got swept, but, you know, I'm not, I don't, I don't make excuses. But if they had their two top hitters, you know, Benton, Tendi, and LeMahieu, 
in that lineup and some of the bullpen guys. I'm not saying they would have won, but it could have been a much different gone now. I mean, that's different. But, I mean, LeMahieu will be back. So, I mean, I don't get it where they're like, this is the same exact team. They're going to be a terrible team. They don't spend money. Like, they got a $250 million payroll. They got. I mean, but it is the same team. Because, because who's your first baseman? Rizzo, same as last year. Who's yeah, your right Rizzo. fielder? Same as last year. Who's your well, center fielder? Well, that's my fielder? point. You're not going to rebuild an ALCS team, like, from the scratch. You, yeah. They filled holes. They retooled. You know, they got another pitcher. They got a, not a solid the be- pitcher. I, I didn't love the Rodon move. I really didn't. Hey, he's a good lefty. I mean, I don't, he's always I mean, hurt. I mean, it's not an ace, but I mean. But he's always hurt. You'll see. But he's a number three guy. I mean, he wasn't hurt last year. Yeah, I mean, every other year, he did. My butt hurts. My head hurts. It's like I was sick. He missed a lot of time, and it was always something different with him. That's fair. But I mean, to say they didn't do anything and they didn't spend any money, I don't know if that's really fair to say. I mean, I mean, Reynolds would have been nice if they could have got a trade locked in. Yeah. And that kind of stuff. But I mean, I'd love to see, you know, uh, Dominguez as the starting left fielder. I think that would be amazing. That's never going to happen. But either. I just feel like, you know, I mean, I don't know. You got to. How about how about your third baseman? How about how about who's playing third base? Josh Donaldson, the the, the yeah, MVP I mean, he's candidate. A, he's a of the solid year? defensive third baseman. I mean, you can't have a silver silver slugger at every 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 spot in the order. The, the problem is I mean, everyone's bashing the catcher. He's, he was an all star last year. I mean, I don't. No, I don't, I don't know. No one, no one is bashing the catcher on my show. Trevino. Well, not, no, not you in particular. But I've you know I've heard a lot of things. You know okay. what are we can do with the catcher. No, nah, that's. I'm just that's saying Donaldson. I'm not. I'm not saying Donaldson should be hitting fifth or sixth or anywhere. But Donaldson, a good defensive third baseman, hitting eighth. I mean, that's not going to kill a team. Mm, I, mean, I Hicks disagree. Sucks, you know, oh, Hicks, and that, that's the other thing. Hicks, he sucks. I mean, I mean, Hicks sucks. I get that. I, I, don't know what you're right. I don't know, Pete. but that's what I wanted to say. I just feel like it, it could be not as bad as, as folks are making the team. You know? Yeah, I mean, we'll see, Pete. Uh, and they did spend money. They did. They brought back Rizzo. They brought back Judge. Right? With a ton of money for Judge. Uh, they did spend the money, but th- there's also question marks at many other different positions. I mean, left field. Shortstop, I mean, third base, closer. I mean, all, all of these things. I hate the closer by committee thing. I love how the Mets have it set up with uh, with Diaz. And I don't know. I, I just think the Yankees, I, I get it. I get where you're coming from. They got swept in the ALCS. Didn't sit well with a lot of those players that I, that, that I know. Uh, it didn't sit well. But I don't know, man. It's uh, It's tough. I don't, I don't think the Yankees are better than the Astros. You know it's, again, going to be a collision course with the Astros. And if you ask me right now, I would tell you that the, the Yankees are not better than the Astros right now. 877-337-6666. Welcome back to The Fan. My name is Daniel McCartan, hanging with you for one more hour. Uh, ask and you may receive the listeners. You're the best. So I was tagged a few times in a few different different tweets, and it seems as though the trade has gone through. And here's the deal. The Devils get Timo Meyer and Scott Harrington for a bunch of players here. I'm going to uh, try my best with this name. Shakir Mukamadulan, Mukahamadulan, and Fa- Fabian Zetterlund, Andreas Johnson, Nikita Okachuk, a 2023 first-round pick and a 2024 conditional first-round pick. Um I think it's I think the Devils really won that trade. I mean I mean, I don't know. I think it it has the the potential to be a disaster if they don't re-sign Timo Meyer, like he cuz he's he's a free agent at the end of this year. So, but this if if anything at all, what this trade does is it sends a message to the rest of the league that the New Jersey Devils are are in it. Are in it to win it. As they sit right now on a two-game win streak, they are um, 
three points in the standing behind the Hurricanes, which is negligible, right? And obviously the Hurricanes are a really good team. The Bruins are even better. So if anything, they're rolling the dice and they're like, you know what? We are a year ahead of schedule and we're going for it. And maybe it's going to work. Who knows? So I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. But that is the deal. Asking you may receive. Thank you to the listeners who did tag me in this because I I didn't see it. So thank you for that. Um, a lot of people commenting on my uh, my my Mets batting order, my Mets lineup, and someone said let uh, Francisco Alvarez DH and learn. I'm like, no. You're t- he's your top pro- he's your prospect as a catcher. Not as a designated hitter. You're not going to bring him up to the major league level and let him sit on the bench and watch pitches come home. You're just not. If you're bringing him up, which they should, for all of the reasons why I outlined earlier, he is your number one catcher. He should be. It's a He does well in low leverage situations from the, the minimal experience that they brought him up last year. Keep him in there. 877-337-6666. And what, what what better way to do it? In April. Very low leverage in April. Uh, Rich in Freeport wants to weigh in. Go ahead, Rich. Danielle, how are you? Great. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Um, I'll be honest with you. Uh, Nimmo in third spot <clears throat> right behind uh, or right in front of uh, – of Alonzo, the leadoff hitter is always going to give you the best looks, and that's why you you plug him in number one. It's because he's going to give you not not only the number two guy, but the number three, four. Those guys are going to get a more more or less are going to get a pretty good look as to what's coming. So, you know, to minimize the amount of views for the uh, hitters behind them. I don't know. I think it's pretty criminal because uh, you you really want to kind of prolong that and um, and keep him in the number one spot, which is ideal for Nemo because he takes so many pitches. And it's not only the number three or four batter that's going to benefit, but also the number two and the and and the guys behind him. So I, I disagree with that respectfully. I, and, I, and um, I get it. I, I get that mentality for sure. But my only rebuttal to be would be is. I'm, with these new rule changes, I'm putting my two best, most successful base dealers at the top of that. I mean, Nimmo had okay. like a third of the stolen bases as either one of the two of those guys, Marte or Lindor. And, and and I totally agree with that. And that's why I think that sometimes it's best to maybe plug Nimmo in the nine hole. No. Because I'll be honest with you. No. no listen, listen, listen to my rationale. I'm listening. <clears throat> listen, listen, listen to this. I think that keeping him in the nine hole, it's gonna basically provide you with a second with a second leadoff guy. And what I would do is that we'll keep the the speedy guys, the best base stealers, at the top of the order. That's what I would do. I wouldn't do. I want to get. I want to have. I want to have Marte. I want to have Lindor. I want to have guys that could swap a base, not clog them up as Nemo does. Right. Well, and I'll be honest with you. I'm interested to see. I'm sorry, Daniel. I'm interested to see how these um, new base paths um, and how it shortens it by, you know, whatever it does. Well, it's, um, it's four and a half inches know, shorter how, between how first and second. Him? And between second and third, four and a half. 
I think it's three or three and a half between first uh, home and first and, and third and home. So significant, yeah. But if you're suggesting, and, and I get it, I heard you, Nimmo as a nine, I think you're out of your mind. You do not bury him in the nine hole. I, I get I get the under, you know the, the rationale, the second leadoff hitter. I get it. But we just talked about how he sees so many pitches and it's beneficial to everybody up and down that lineup. Why would you put him ninth? I, I understand the rationale. I, he's not the right guy to do it with. Sorry. Lisa in Irvington. You're up next here on a fan, Lisa. Oh, hi, Danielle. Um, this is my first time calling your oh, show. Uh, I really enjoy listening to you. I'm a Mets fan. Are you a, a Mets or Yankee fan? Or are you both? Oh, that's, um, well, at least I like to keep it, uh, I like to do a, a, a right down the middle show. So. Oh, okay. No problem. I, I was just wondering. I wasn't sure because I hear you talk about both teams. Um, but sure. I'm a Mets fan. I've been a Mets fan since I was a kid. I'm in my 50s now. I love baseball. Um, I was calling you about the the, the, the rule changes, mm-hmm. and um, I like it. I think I think I like the rule change because the games are too long. Yep. Um, you know, a lot of times I don't even sit and watch a whole game. You know, I switch. You know, back and forth because sometimes they, they, they're, right. they're, they're just they're just too long. And I get lost um, in my phone. I have it on TV, but I'm not really watching it. Yeah, right, I get it. right. And another question I was going to ask you. I know they said they only can throw over to the first baseman. Twice. I mean, twice. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a time or, clock, clock. Or, Lisa, Lisa, or they could step off. That's part of it, too. Either they could step off or throw over to first, but it only that those things can only occur twice. Okay. Per, yeah. So mm-hmm. does that reset the time? Or how does that work if yes. there's a batter? Yes, it'll reset the, the time clock. Yep. Oh, it'll reset the time clock. Yep. Okay, all right. So they do this so they still have extra time. Yep. Another um, rule I wanted to address for you, the sacrifice fly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was going back. I got to read the history of how this got started. But mm-hmm. to me, that that needs to be eliminated. I mean, the pitcher gets an out, and and then up, uh, you know, the players are allowed to advance and score. Um, what do you think about the sacrifice fly? <laughs> you think that needs to be readdressed? No, because the sacrifice fly kind of prevents. So imagine here's this, imagine this scenario: mm-hmm. base, the bases are loaded, right? And there's right. less than two outs. So let's say let's say there's one out, base is loaded. A, a, mm-hmm. And it's a pop-up, it's a routine pop-up to, I don't know, the second baseman. And the second baseman, what he does is he lets it drop so that okay. he can get two outs. Like, he could throw to first and go first to home or something like that. Right. Or pick it up and tag the runner and then throw to first. Like, mm-hmm. that. that is the reason why. I mean, I don't know how often it would actually happen yeah. or how, how it right. does happen. But, right. But I'm saying, but sacrifice fly, you know, they had to hit the, the ball all the way out to the outfield. You know well, what I'm a saying? Sacri- so- yeah, a sacrifice flies. Any any routine, you know, it doesn't. It, no matter. I mean, it's got to be a routine. You know, close enough, but routine. Yes. Right. 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 Okay. All right then. But I was just thinking, like the, you know, I know. I, I, I see. I see what you're saying, but I still don't. I just think they need to um to to eliminate that because you you you're hitting the ball all the way in the outfield before. Um, they're not going to drop the ball intentionally if it's all the way out in the outfield. No, yeah, yeah, no, no. You no. know, so yeah, no, it doesn't okay. apply to the outfield either, unless right. it's like a short short outfield, you know, right behind the dirt or something like that. Right, right, right. And the reason why, too, I think the Mets, well, I was so upset when the Mets, I know it was a new season now, but I think when Sterling Marte got injured, that, that helped, that, that kind of messed up the Mets for last year. Yep. Um, I and know. then I didn't even realize they were saying he just had, um, like, groin surgery. Um, he's recovered. He had, I think, during the off season. So he was, he had other ailments was going on besides when he, after, you know, besides when he got hit by that, um, 
that pitch, but that really, you know, I think he was with Pittsburgh. He got hit on a hand or something like that. That really messed, you know, messed it up. But he I did know. also have another, he had other surgery. He had surgery this off season that I was reading online. So hopefully all that's cleared up, you know, for the new season and the Mets can get off to, you know, a good start and they won't run out of gas, you know, um, towards the end of the year. Yeah, I know, and, and that that injury to Marte was was brutal to the Mets. I mean, it was like it, when when he he was out of that lineup in the and you know going down the stretch there, you're but, like, yeah. oh no, like he he was hard to replace. You know, yeah, 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 yes, yeah. So okay, nice. Like I said, nice talking. That's my first time calling you, but um, you know, because I'm, I'm I've been watching sports my whole life. I'm yeah. a giant fan and a Nets fan. Nice. So Lisa. thanks for taking yeah, thanks for taking my call. All right, I'll be back next next Sunday if you want to call okay. me back. Yeah. Okay. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right, bye bye. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I love that. I love when everybody says first time, lo- first time, long time, or it's my first time calling. It always like makes me giggle, like secretly it makes me giggle. Uh, 877-337-6666. Let's go to Mark in Manhattan. Not far from here. What's up, Mark? Hi, Daniel. You know, I really enjoy listening to you. And I, Thank you. I really hope you get a full-time gig at the fan one of these days. Thank you. I truly do. Hey, my question with the new rules, mm-hmm. uh, which I do enjoy, but, you know, both Buck Showalter and Aaron Boone talked about how they're using a lot of the spring training to get their uh, folks used to it. And obviously a lot of the minor leaguers are mm-hmm. used to it because they've had it. Right. But my question is on on the World Baseball Classic, uh-huh. who I don't think are using the they news. So help me with yeah. the teams. Are they going to be at a major disadvantage? And obviously we're mm. talking Mets and Yankees, but even yeah. across uh, Major League Baseball, are they going to be a little bit of a disadvantage that they're not going to get used to mm. the new rules? I think that's a great point, and I would probably argue, yes, they would be. I, I would think so, because, you know, even Buck talked about the other day saying, you know, they got to end up doing it in different areas. I mean, what if the, why would the World Classic not? institute the same rules? I, that's a great question, and I don't have an answer to that. They should. So do you think the teams, and I think the Mets have... Quite one a of, few. Uh, well, and I don't know about the Yankees, I'll be honest, but don't they have a lot of the players that are sitting there that... Yes. So do you think they're going to be... Put it this way, do you think it's going to affect the first month of the season? Um, I think it has the potential to. And you're looking at the Mets participating. All right, we've got Pete Alonso, Ottavino... McNeil, Lindor, Diaz. I mean, these are Vientos. These are like really like top name guys besides Vientos. Uh, yeah, I, I think it might. I mean, it's it's an adjustment to to adjust to a pitch clock if you're a pitcher, a, a batter's clock if you're a batter. Yes, yes, I I, I think so. I, I think it's really going to affect, um, especially in the first week or two of the season. You'll see it more more with the guys that participate in the World Baseball Classic. Yep. And do you think some of these little minor leaders that are kind of used to it mm-hmm. might play a little bigger role in those first couple of weeks? And traditionally, they might. And this is across baseball more than just a Mets and Yankee question. Um, no, I, I mean if I'm if I'm a manager, I'm not going to bench Pete, you know bench Pete Alonso for whoever because he played <laughs> right. in the World Baseball Classic. But it's just going to be incumbent upon the hitter. You know what I would maybe make him do is I would set up in the cage when when they get back. For whenever it is that they're eliminated, set them right up in the cage or right up in the bullpen. I'm going to have a guy with a stopwatch. I'm going to say, okay, now we're just going to repeat this over and over and over again until you get it. Let's drill it before we even get to opening day. That's how I would do it. And do you think any of the players might 
mentally start doing it themselves in the World Baseball League, or do you, is that a little too much to ask? He gets too competitive. That yeah, gonna... I, I, as a player, I wouldn't be counting off in my head as I'm thinking, you know what I mean? I, I wouldn't yeah. be. Um, I think they're just going to revert back to whatever progress they made. They're just going to revert back to what they know, really. And one other quick question. I mm-hmm. said the other day that Buck Showalter is kind of closing some of his practices uh, because they're trying to figure out, you know, people stealing signs now. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Dusty Baker talked about how there's not enough time uh, to give multiple signs. And I think mm-hmm. Buck or somebody mentioned they may do what college football does, you know, when they put up different uh, – um, signs of you know uh, uh, a oh like a like a yeah, like a picture of Snoopy from the sideline <laughs> exactly <laughs> right and huh. I mean could you start seeing that I mean but because there's not a, well you you, know, you played the game you mm-hmm. is there enough time to put up the fake signs in today's world if you know it, because you're going to really start having to do it very quickly because yeah. you don't have time to. And people are going to, you're talking about stealing science, which has been part of baseball forever, but what do you do in that scenario? Yeah, I think that's a really good question there, Mark. Really, all of them. Fantastic. I hope you'll call me next weekend. Connor's giving me the break sign. But um, what do you do in that situation? I guess just speed it all up. I mean, maybe Major League Baseball is going to have to adapt where, you know, a a sign will come from the manager and go right to the base coaches and then they lean over and just say it or or put an earpiece. Maybe the base coaches, I I don't know, maybe maybe they'll be extinct soon. I don't know. But in the short term, I think everything's just going to have to be sped up. Uh, They're going to have to change the signs maybe midway through the game. Um, Yeah, and and I do know that the, the pitch selection from pitcher to catcher and catcher to pitcher, they both now have the opportunity to wear the pitch comm. So if I'm a pitcher and I know I want to throw a curveball in this situation, well, I can plug that in, and the catcher's like, all right, it, it'll overrule anything the catcher does. Right? That's how it's got to work, right? So, um, yeah, all good questions there. 877-337-6666. As we continue along, um, and maybe you had a pipe dream of Manny Machado playing third base at City Field wearing the blue and orange. Well, I got to tell you something. Forget about it. As you heard in the update as of this morning, Machado is signed on to be a Padre for the rest of his career. I'm Danielle McCartan, and let's talk about how the Mets should pivot. 877-337-6666. Welcome back to the fam. My name is Danielle McCartan, hanging with you for just a little while longer, till 10 p.m., about a half an hour or so. Lori Rubinson comes your way then. Um, got a tweet on the break. Uh, Lisa from Irvington, and Connor and I conferred, on the break, she was asking about changing the the sacrifice fly. No, the um the infield fly rule. It was my understanding, it, and it was also his. So, I'm sorry if I misinterpreted that, but I thought she was talking about eliminating the the infield fly rule. That's what I thought. But if not, I apologize uh, for the misunderstanding there. And um, speaking of filling out this Mets lineup, a lot of people like what I put out. A lot of people don't like what I put out. Well, that's fine. I'm I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Um, but you know who's not going to be playing third base, guaranteed for the Mets, ever? Manny Machado. <laughs> uh, Manny Machado told the world that he was going to opt out of his contract. And as of this morning, Sunday morning, he finds himself a Padre through the end of his age 40 season. I mean, that's like a Padre for life, if you ask me. So go ahead and puncture that pipe dream bubble. Manny Machado will not be a New York Met. Those dreams are over. 
So I woke up this morning around like nine. The dog woke me up around nine after six and a half hours of sleep. Obviously working last night too. I saw the notification on my phone after I turned off uh, sleep focus. And I was kind of surprised actually to see it. Only because of his threat or his decision to opt out wasn't that long ago. So then my next thought was, well, you know what? The universal DH is already paying dividends to the players. I mean, he it, Machado would never get this deal if there was not a guarantee that he will move from third base to designated hitter on, on that team. So the questions for the Mets and for the Yankees in this cash blitz in San Diego, I mean, they must have a, money trees growing in the outfield over there, but will Juan Soto shake free? Hmm? This is the last year that he's under contract with them. So what are their plans for him? Will they offer him a new deal? Or will they try to move him at this year's trade deadline to maybe get something for him? Because they have such a big payroll. Where does Juan Soto fit in monetarily in San Diego? Or does he? So that's just kind of something to keep an eye on. But if that's the case, both our Mets and our Yankees should be, better be, in play for him. And that means Shohei Otani will have the market in the palm of his hands next offseason. He is the big fish free agent. But for now, the Mets, and you saw my ideal lineup, color me intrigued by Brett Beatty. That's why I want him starting at third base this season. Early on. If it doesn't, it doesn't work out, then you can just pivot right back to Escobar. But put him in in low leverage situations in, a, in the month of April. Let's see if he gets hot. And if he does, Great. If not, okay. You send him back down and, and and let him work on his skills. Develop his skills. Develop his consistency. All that kind of coach talk, right? 877-337-6666 uh, in the order that you called. Danny in the Bronx, you're up on the fan. Hello, Daniel. How are you? Hi, good. Uh, first time caller, and I love your show. Thank you. I appreciate that. But- Okay, but I just want to talk about the uh, the new rules. Mm-hmm. The um, I don't mind the, the clock on the pitcher and the, the batter. I think that's good. That's going to move the game along. Definitely. It's gonna, it's it already showed that it has. I mean, you saw some games that were at two hours and, and 16 minutes yesterday. I know, I know. So it's still going to take a little adjusting too, but mm-hmm. I think I think the, uh, the players will adjust to it. But the two rules, I, well, they didn't change – with that ghost runner on second base, they should throw that out after nine innings. The ghost runner, maybe after twelve, but That's not after nine. A lot. I, I, I would, I would say maybe, <coughs> maybe eleven, but I think twelve's too much. I mean, we're, t- yeah. we're trying to shorten the game, you know. But I, I would, I would, I like the ghost runner. I'll let me be honest with you. I like it because it forces mm-hmm. you to to hit situationally. As an offense, yeah. but yeah, but they put a guy on second base without even getting a hit. Or I know, a walk. but you in, know, that, in that's today's game, like. yeah, I know. But in today's game, you got to figure out how to get him home, and that seems to be a struggle for most teams. So I don't mind it, although I would love to see like at least an inning of traditional mm-hmm. ball before they went to it. Right, right. I, I'd say twelve, but whatever. Mm-hmm. And the other, the other rule changes uh, the bases bigger. That's no problem. You know, mm-hmm. that's good for the runners. It's good bases. for a safe. It, really, the reason why they did it is for safety. Real is what they say because there's a bang really? bang play. My foot, your foot, sprained ankles, yeah. the whole thing. Right, right. And the other thing is, uh, you know, the shift. You're not allowed to do the shift. 
Correct. I don't agree with that at all because there's no rule that says two, the four infielders have to be on the dirt. There is now. And, and <laughs> two on the uh, on the uh, right side of second base and two on the left side. Yeah, there is now. Yeah. Yeah, there was never no any rule about it. That you could play nine guys in the outfield if you wanted to. <laughs> so I don't agree with that. I like it though, Danny. I think it's going to create a lot more, a lot more hits. I already saw one happen today. I turned the literally turned the Yankee game on today on TV. Looked up at the yeah. TV and there was a ball. I didn't even see the hit. I watched it bounce through over second base and into the outfield. So there was one right. already. You know, add one more. Right, but before, when they had the shift on, that was legal, right? I mean. These guys couldn't bunt to the other side. You know, I, I raised the question myself, Danny, and I and I talked. I actually brought it up to Derek Jeter, and when Derek Jeter told me that it's time to ban the shift, I I I kind I actually that was the day or maybe the next day after I looked at what Freddie Freeman had to say about it, I I changed my opinion right then and there because it, we you and I we think about pitchers right, but 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 until you get into the box and you see a curveball with with ten inches of break on it, like. That it's it's I'm not trying to defend the batters that can't go the other way, but I can see right. myself in their shoes, and it's not as easy as it once used to be. Pitching, it's just the proliferation of of the modern day pitcher has really taken over and, and eclipsed, you know, the batter yeah. and what they can do. But these these are professional ball players, they I don't know. know how to bunt to the other side but when it's wide it. open. They do know how to bunt. I've seen it in batting practice. It's just. Batting they practice pitchers it. are throwing it. Yeah, I don't know. I know. I know. I get it. I, I understand the frustration there, Danny. I do. But yeah, I'm I telling mean, you just my experience and what I've talked about and what I've seen and all that. And and to me, it makes sense now. In the, initially, it did not. I was like, what do you mean you can't bunt the ball? The whole left side of the infield is open. I know. I know. I know. So I get we'll it. see what happens. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Daniel, for taking the call. Yeah, Dan, thanks for, thanks for making it. I appreciate it. Uh, let's go to uh, oh, Reggie in Philadelphia. Reggie, is this you from Instagram? Yes, it is. How's it going? Oh, great. How are you? Reggie, tell everybody what it is that you're set out to do. I can't believe you called. Yes, yes. So my personal goal is to be the first beer vendor to sell beer at every NFL and every MLB stadium. That is so cool. Because I'm trying to get to just see a baseball game in every baseball stadium. I've got a few football in there, too, but... My goal is baseball, but to to do both and sell beer in it. I mean, you're not doing it like illegally on the, on the side of the highway, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but uh, it, it's been quite the challenge. But uh, trying to hit everyone. So for football, I'm actually just missing one, Minnesota. Okay, which I hope to get to next season. Oh, me too. And for baseball, is that right? Yeah. yeah, Minnesota. I hear good things. Me too. I'm looking forward to getting there. Looking forward to getting there next year. And for baseball, I'm missing seven. Oh, okay. Which are the seven that you're missing? So, uh, currently Yankees, Red Sox, Twins, White Sox, Brewers, uh, Cincinnati Reds, and, of course, Toronto, which will be tough. Uh-huh. Uh, trying to get to, to work over the border there, but uh, <laughs> trying to hit every single one. All right. Well, um, I actually have plans to go to a Yankee game. I, I already have plans. We're going to go May 12th. It's a Friday night. Rays at okay. Yankees. So I don't know if you'll be there, but if you are, that would be awesome. I would love to. For, for for you to sell me the one beer at Yankee Stadium. Can we do that? Yeah. Can we do that? Yes, I am I am working towards that 100%. All right, May uh, currently 12th. Currently, I'm, I'm at City Field, okay. and I'm also at the MSG and Barclays as well. Okay, all right. Um, so, City well, Field, I, no plans yet for a Met game. Not, nothing yet on the schedule there. 
okay. Barclays, no. I, I thought I was going to get to a Rangers game this past week, but I didn't. So, wait. By the way, did you great work game the ca- by the Rangers tonight. Was that? Oh, yeah. Great game. I know. Him. Great bounce back. Did you work the Carrie Underwood show the other night? Oh, uh, yes. Yes, oh, I was there. I the was there. Yes. Uh, well, that would have been sorry, fun. <laughs> that would have been nice. But uh, now I do want to say about the this uh, pitching clock. Yeah. Uh, as a beer vendor, from my perspective, I am not a fan of the pitch clock. Ah, uh, well, <laughs> I know. You, have to, you don't get as much uh, action, shall we say. The more time to sell, the better. I know. Us. I know. Maybe they'll expand it to maybe, what is it, the eighth inning now, maybe, potentially. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I understand what baseball's trying to do, but I'm hoping – down the line, maybe for the later parts of the game, the seventh inning and on, maybe they can get rid of the clock for that point. I, I, you know, to see a game end on a pitching clock violation just uh, doesn't sit right with me as a fan. Oh, in the beginning, it's going to be rough. But I have to tell you, if the players can't adjust, it's it's on them. I mean, really. Yeah, exactly. You know, rules are in place for a reason. You have to adapt and adjust to the yep. rules of the game. Yep. So uh, I hope the Mets have a great season this year. Uh and at least it's going to be tough. It's yep. going to be a one tough division with the uh, the Braves. Certainly, you can't count the Braves. Phillies, uh, what they did last year was incredible. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we have the Mets, so we'll see what they do. We'll see what happens. Well, Reggie, uh, May 12th, Friday night, Yankee Stadium. Let's get it done, all right? Please. I'll circle that on my calendar. My section. Oh, I forgot the section. Send me another message on Instagram. I'll send you the section. It was like two 2.30, I think. I don't know. I got to look. Okay. All right, Sounds Reggie. Great. Thanks for calling. Appreciate Looking it. Looking forward to it. Take care. Have a great one. You too. Bye. <laughs> I can't believe he called. Connor, that was awesome. I love that. We were talking, we were chatting on Instagram, and I was like, I'm going to be on this weekend. Call me. That's such a cool story. Maybe we can help you out somehow. I don't know. If a lot of times people are too afraid to call, and he just called right in. No I problem. It. I love it. I, I hope that he's there. I hope on May 12th we could put out a picture and me and Reggie with a beer at Yankee Stadium or two. Maybe I'll buy him one. I don't know if he can drink on the job, but I'll try. <laughs> cool. Uh, a quick update from Amanda Stein from the Devils, and she says Timo Meyer is expected to meet the Devils in Denver on Tuesday. The deal has gone through. It's official. Timo Meyer is a New Jersey Devil. And um, speaking of, and the last round of your calls, 877-337-6666. I love when there's so many topics to discuss. Um, I wanted to touch on a little bit of Yankees today, a little bit of Yankee action today, because uh, Trevino was like Kane Brown. He was grand today. Volpe was like Springsteen, born to run I'm Daniel McCartan. I got some takeaways from today's Yankees split squad coming up next right here on The Fan. Welcome back to The Fan. My name is Danielle McCartan, Coach McCartan on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Well, it's been a, it's been a lively one tonight, you know, and uh, I, I was actually, I think today was the first day you could actually watch the Yankees on TV. So I, I, I turned it on and I was intrigued and just, you know, while I was getting everything together for tonight, I was like, let me keep this on in the background. And Today, the Yankees were a split squad, split squad action. And uh, on TV, I got to tell you, uh, this one, no, this one was not on TV. Trevino, the catcher, the platinum glove catcher, right? Gold glove catcher, whatever he was. Trevino, he was like Kane Brown today. He was grand. And because he hit a grand slam, get it? And then Anthony Volpe did his best Springsteen born to run. He stole two bases. And... A little side note here before we talk about the baseball. Uh, I would like to announce that I am going to my first ever 
Bruce Springsteen concert. Mm-hmm. MetLife Stadium in September. Bon Jovi's always been my guy. Seen him a few times. But my friend Lauren got a code for Springsteen and bought six tickets and then asked me if I wanted to come. So you know what? I guess, yes, he's not getting any younger, right? So I guess we'll find out what all this hype is about in September. I know I'm a 34-year-old Jersey girl, and this is completely sacrilegious to never have seen Bruce Springsteen before. But I get it. In September, I'm finally going to tell you who's better, Bruce Springsteen or Bon Jovi. And, uh, of course, Trevino went deep with a grand salami against the Braves. Uh, Aaron Hicks, though, uh, one for three with a strikeout and a team high. At the time I looked, pretty much the end of the game, two left on base. Same old, same old from Hicks. 877-337-6666 as we roll on till 10 p.m. Lori Rubinson is coming your way at that point. Let's go to Yonatan in Brooklyn. You're up next here on The Fan. Hi. Hi, um, um, hi uh, Daniel. I just wanted to know if you thought that there was more of a chance of Jimmy Garoppolo coming to New York than Aaron Rodgers because Jimmy Garoppolo is younger than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, well, and Jimmy Garoppolo is a free agent, so right off the bat he's got more of a chance to come because you really are going to have to pry uh, Aaron Rodgers away from them. And and who knows if he, he's even leaving him. He, he could stay. And then the Jets would be screwed, really, if he ends up staying and they miss out And you know, when the, when the music stops and everybody sits down in the chairs with their quarterbacks and the Jets don't have one. That's going to be a problem for them. So uh, to answer your question, Jimmy G is is much more accessible to the Jets than Aaron Rodgers at this point. Okay, thank you very much. Have a good night. Yeah, you're welcome there, Yonatan. Um, Yeah, um, just because he's a free agent. Don't get in an uproar, but (laughs) my mom says it. Don't get in an uproar. But uh, yeah, it's because Jimmy Garoppolo is a free agent. Therefore, the Jets can engage with him at any time, whereas they're still waiting for... Aaron Rodgers to to decide what he's doing so that they can decide what they're doing. So that's a that's a simple answer there. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Get aboard. We go to Kevin in Camden. What's up there, Kevin? What's up, Coach? How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Only talking about the uh, Giants and the Mets. Yeah. So the, the Giants first. They have a lot of holes to fill. I mentioned this. Your last, yesterday, I think your last show. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of holes to fill, but I, I, I'll say this again: Daniel Jones is the most important one. No offense to Saquon, yep. good player. Yep. But Jones is more important, and he's more vital to the because the most important position on the field is quarterback. Because running backs, no offense again, no offense to Saquon, but they're a dime a dozen. You can get any running back in the second round, and there you go. I mean, look what Brees but, Hall did for the Jets this year. They, that's exactly my point. Yep. So just bring back Jones. I don't care what the price tag is. You bring him back. Well, you well. get him. You, you get him a number one receiver. I don't want to. I mean, Odell Beckham. Maybe I'll, I'll get that another day. But guys need a receiver to go with him. You need to get your defense straightened out. I, Kevin, I'm drafting a wide receiver round one. That's what I'm well, doing. Oh yeah, I'm with you there too. But, but listen, you, know, you say Daniel my Jones. Point. My, my point with the Giants is, get, you know, get Jones done and fill out your other needs. And, and, you know, you get, spend more money on the other needs than the running back. I'm sorry. Right. Well, sorry Kevin, thing. here's the thing. You said any price for Daniel Jones. I, I think it, it wouldn't be a hard stop for me, but I, I think I would probably stop around $37 million for Jones. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. But because, listen, because I know you can structure it in a way that people want to franchise tag Daniel Jones, and I don't understand that because it, the franchise tag is $32-point-something million. That counts against the cap right away. You don't want yep. to do that because then you got what ten million to spend elsewhere. 
No, that, that, that's a, it's more that's advantageous a, no, if they point. work out a deal for him, but it also can't break the bank. I know they could push some money around, this and that, but $38 million, I think, is no, very fair a, for him. That's a valid point. I, I didn't think about that. You know, that's a valid point. Um, but I'm going to talk about the Mets a little bit, too. I, I totally agree with your lineup. I definitely want to put Beatty at third. Because Escobar, you know, he can go hot and he can go cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to see. I listen, no, I look, I mean, maybe he'll be good, but I, I really, and it's, I know it's a limited sample size, mm-hmm. but I, I just, I soured on him. I, I don't think he's that great of a prospect. So I would definitely go with Beatty at third and see what you got. Because I said, I said it before, I told you this on the, on the, a few weeks ago, the Mets failed with a big bat. And you, and you talked about uh, Soto, you talked about Otani. Look, I'm not trying to be pessimistic. I'm really not. But I don't want to talk about guys that could stay or could be there and could not. Because Soda could, Soda could go to another team and just, you know, go to a different team. Otani, I've been hearing all this about Otani. He could, he could for, all, all, for all intents and purposes, he could just re-up with the Angels. There's no guarantee that these guys are coming. I'm not going to look. I'm not going to say looking for maybe's. The Mets needed to get something done, and they didn't this offseason. Now, I'm going to go in optimistically, as I do every year. But I'm just, I don't know. I think the big bat, they just missed it because, yeah, Beatty is possible, but and then Alvarez could do something. But you, the best difference is not the pitching, because the pitching set, and it's actually better than last year, mm-hmm. but the bat is a difference because yeah. it's basically the same lineup. And I feel like I'm repeating this with the Yankees. Yeah. It's the same lineup. I mean, I'm not, like, you, you walk Pete, you, uh, you walk Pete, you um the McNeil. I mean, those are your big. I mean, Nimmo's the table setter. There's like no legitimate bat that you're like, oh crap! Outside of Alonso, you're like, oh, okay, I can go around the lineup. Yeah, like that, that's and the, the best. Pro- and the best protection for for Pete Alonso in that lineup is is Lindor. I mean, that's yeah, yeah, and and and, no, and I love Lindor. And I love you know Lindor's my guy, but you need a legitimate bat in there, and there's no and sort of if you trade for him now, it's going to cost a heck of a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. And, and Otani's. Again, Otani. there's no guarantee he wants to go to the East Coast. So. And they, they were saying that he was going to be worth a 500, the first $500 million player. I was watching MLB Network this morning. I, he could I, be I the would, first I $500 would, million dollar player. Are you kidding I, me? I, I would I would not do that. I'm sorry. No way. The, the Mets had their chance, and, I'm so, and I keep harping on it. Because that, I'm saying, if we don't win, if the Mets don't win, that's the reason why. They needed a big bat. As much as I know people don't like Correa, that was the one bat they had to get it done. And if they didn't, and I understand, you know, I understand the the bum leg and everything, but you needed the bat. The mm-hmm. guy could swing the bat. Yeah, and that and that was a, such a mischance. I'm but like, you know Kevin, what? Though, but I, I, it was good that they they ultimately stayed away. Really, I mean, well, I, I agree. It was but good. Saying, the, the, no, the point is, is they just needed a bat. They just flailed at it because you know there was Turner, there was Martinez. I mean, it was kind yeah. of oh, we, easily. we went through him. We went through him here on on uh, here. Exactly, and, I'm, and that's what I'm, I'm just remembering. And it was they like had so many chances to yes. get these guys, and just okay, yes. Adam Duvall. Like, I, I would pick an Adam Duvall. Like there was some bats <laughs> you could have easily had. Yeah, and they just waited till the very end. Tommy Pham. Oh, I, I that's yep. a brilliant that's the big move, move. Tommy Pham. Please, please. Just, I mean, the Mets failed, and I, and my point. The Mets just needed a bat, and they didn't do it. Now, I'm going to go optimistic, like I said, but again, I wouldn't be surprised as far as this goes. And real quick about the rules, I love it so far. It's I love the faster pace, but, you know, it's going to take a little bit getting used to. I saw how that one game ended with the, the pitcher not looking at the batter, 
or the batter not looking at the pitcher and it just ended like that. So yeah. it's going to take a little bit of getting used to. But so far, I, you got an A plus from me so far from what I've seen. Yeah, and, and, and there's going to be some I, growing I totally pains early. Totally there, there will so be. far. Yeah, I mean, Kevin, there's going to be some growing pains early in for everybody getting adjusted to it and all, but yep. I, I love it. I mean, the times of the games are, are just under two and a half hours. It's just so – it's right in the sweet spot. It's great. Yeah, I mean, I, I was never really opposed to the long hours, but I know a lot of people aren't. But, no, I just I, – I think it's good for the game. I think this, this will maybe, maybe attract some younger fans, which this sport desperately needs because – I mean, you know, you don't even you don't even talk about baseball in the same sense that they're doing other sports because oh, everybody I talk to, oh, baseball is boring. I never watch it. Well, this might help get some people in it, and that's the main thing for me. That you know what, I'm all right with that because baseball needs to grow. And man, you know, right? I'm just I'm optimistic with that. So we'll see what happens with that. So. Kevin, we will see, and thank you very much for the call there. And I just got one more tweet here. I hope Reggie, the beer vendor, is still listening because Michael and Jerry says, actually, for the beer vendor, the clock might help him. People might not leave their seats to wait in the line so he can get to more people in the stands. That's a great outlook. Positive outlook on that. Reggie, I hope you're still listening. Thanks to all the callers, tweeters. Everybody could not have done this without you, and I love coming here each and every single time. Thanks for hanging with me for the past four hours. If you missed any portion of tonight's show, hit the Odyssey Rewind feature, which was 6 p.m. start time. Great job, as always, to Connor Green. A bunch of people on the updates tonight, and I will see you next Sunday afternoon, 1 p.m., right up till Nets basketball at 5.50. Coach McCartan on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Lori Rubinson, the program, up next here on The Fan. Sports Radio 101.9 FM.